Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 223. Uh, really exciting week this week. Kevin is here just for the beginning this week. We get into some really controversial topics that we've been sort of saving for a time like this. Uh, also this week, Devin Mahoney of the Uptown is here to talk to us about his recent uh, Community Choice Award and what he plans to do with his windfall. Uh, plus, we'll talk a little bit about improv, about stand-up comedy, uh, and about writing comedy in today's culture. Uh, and then also this week, Heather and Justin are here for the history lessons. We're going to talk about International Podcast Day, answer a few mailbag questions, all of this and so much more, folks. As always, we are happy to have you here on the Uticast on International Podcast Day, no less. Technology is not doing it for me. It sounds like it's been a tough Monday with the tech today for you. So, I'll, robot I'll you, overlords not kind to you today. I'll tell you three things happened to me today, okay. tech wise. One, right. uh, when I tried to update the cable provider on my phone that provides the cable connection to all our uh, sure. Uh, sure. Chromecast sure, stuff, sure, sure. I went from uh, Xfinity to Spectrum. Uh-huh. The password that I created, that I went through the whole process of like going through the thing and like changing the password, making sure it's correct. Yes, it's not working. So now I have to go back to the whole thing. Are you forgetting a capitalization that you may have done in there? I don't know. Uh, mm, it's not great. Uh, that was number one. Number two. Uh, I don't know how a better way to put this. I have a work computer. I have uh-huh. a desktop computer I work on, but I also have a yeah, laptop yeah. computer that we use like for dual screen tech, basically. Sure. I spilled a coffee mm. all over this computer today. Not what you want to see. And it was it was ugly, right? Because I have, like, the laptop's in front of me, yeah. and the coffee's in front of the laptop, yeah. and I'm behind the coffee in between the coffee and the laptop. Ooh. And I stand up, and I wear a name tag to work. I have, like, a, a thing. And the badge hooked onto the top of it Ooh. and leaned it forward and poured it all over the keyboard. <laughs> So I had, I almost had a panic attack, freaking out because I've destroyed, uh, right, right, <laughs> destroyed right. technology, uh-huh. and I'm like, I can't afford to pay for this. Yeah, at all. If I've broken at this all. computer, <laughs> zero, zero percent chance. Uh, so that that took that took like an hour out of my day. Like I was literally like frantically trying to clean this computer. It uh-huh. is drying in a location that is to be named at a different. Always got to keep the coffee on the side. It wasn't. It couldn't have been uh-huh. any worse. Than it was, right? Like, it, sure. I didn't even spill that much of the coffee. I still had, like, 75% of the glass left. That's nice. But the 25% went directly into the motherboard. Like, a hundred. Like there might as well have been a hatch that opened up that just said, pour this into the motherboard. Uh, but, yeah. So that was my start to the day. Technology has not been my friend today. Uh, Kevin's been my friend today, though, and he's here for a yeah, little two-man yeah. pod. Little two man pod action. Little bit, a little bit. Admittedly, all my fault. I just sprung it on you that I That's can't. Right. I won't be able to make it to regular taping tonight. So we're doing a little early, um, early uh, scrum here. Well, normally, a lot of times I would just you know make Parkinson come replace you, or we'd sure. tape this another time. But honestly, a lot of the stuff that I had to talk about with you today uh-huh. is 
I kind of wanted it to be a discussion with you. I feel like it's important because uh-huh. we've been sort of put, right. I've put off about three different stories that I thought were interesting to myself because they're quote unquote controversial. Uh, okay. But now seems like a good time to discuss those three stories at least a little bit. So never afraid of a little controversy. No, you know that's me. true. All right, so let's start first with the obvious Donald Trump Ukraine uh-huh. impeachment story. We've kind of stayed away from this. Yes, uh, and not that I haven't been paying attention to it, I've just Certainly. stayed away from it on the show because why? Why have you? Why? I'll give you my reasons why I think, but you tell me why. Sure. I'll tell you what. I thought actually Stephen Colbert did a really, really good line about this a couple weeks ago, which was, you know, every every couple days something happens with this administration uh-huh. where you go, uh, is this the thing? Nah, this is not going to – if it wasn't the thing before, how is this going to be the thing? This is the first thing in a while, this, this Ukraine phone call, that really feels like a quote-unquote thing. I see. Like an actual thing that is a problem. And the reaction by most of the GOP in terms of how they've handled this only makes me believe more that this is indeed a thing. <laughs> um, how excited, quote, skeptical should we be of anything coming of this Ukraine incident? Um, I, Skeptical, I mean, I think, first of all, Nancy Pelosi said something that I think was uh, pretty prescient, actually. Mm. She was talking about, uh, we should not be excited. We should not be happy. This nope. is sad and horrible that exactly. it's come to this, and this is, you know, this has become something that can go on. Um, this is certainly the most uh, dire straits the president has been in since he's been in office. Yes. Yeah, definitely in the most uh, hot water. I mean, and it's tough to cover because literally breaking news like five minutes ago. Yeah. Maybe ten minutes ago they subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani and all this. Yeah. I read the subpoena letter uh, from the House Intelligence Chair and everything. And I think one of the reasons that we don't talk about this show, one of the reasons why, because you, you'll ask me a lot. You'll yeah. be like, oh, should we talk about this? And a lot of times I was like, nah, you know what? No, no. Mm-hmm. Um, because stuff like this is serious and it's real. And our whole culture has turned into this weird, like, sports fandom, everything's in the arena of entertainment. And I think, honestly, I think that it's, um, I think it's gross and disrespectful to oversimplify stuff like this. Yeah. And I think that we, I, whether we don't have the tools or we don't have the time to give this stuff the in-depth attention that it needs, then I think it should be ignored as a whole because I think it's done a huge detriment to our culture and the way that we mm-hmm. digest these complex issues to just fluff them off a little sound bites and be like, ah, I don't know, okay, you know what I mean? Like, it's important that we're very precise in our language and very correct in our language when we discuss these things. Yeah. And they're too complex for a five-minute segment, you know what I mean? So if we're not going to dive all the way in, I'm usually of the mind that... Let's just blow past it. Somebody yeah. is giving this better attention than we will give it here on this show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and I, I just felt like it was something we needed to at least approach. For sure, for <laughs> sure. And we can take the local angle as well sure. with this. Uh, I mean, we can talk about, you know, out of the 190-something uh, Democrats in the House that support the impeachment mm-hmm. inquiry, uh, Anthony Berdizzi is not one of them. Have you because liked his... he's being a coward, capital wow. C-O-W-A-R-D. Come talk to me about it on the pod anytime you want, Congressman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it, you know, in this yeah, uh, in this district, district I yeah. understand, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of Trump voters in this district, and I understand yeah. that's the politically smart move to do, but that wasn't why I cast my vote. No, that's true. And, um, I, and again, I, I totally, I kind of agree with you here. I, mm-hmm. I, I also said during the many times that Tony was on the show, there's a difference between running for this district... And running 
like for my particular vote, for right? Sure. Like there's or running for just <laughs> yeah. like Utica, Clinton, and yes. like small swaths of like uh, Hartford. Yeah. So I am yeah. not naive to understand why he has sort of sat back and mm-hmm. not wanted to. He, I don't think he's defended him necessarily. He said anything. No, but he said he uh, he the one statement that he made was like. Um, well, I'm not going to be, like, bullied by social media and we're going to wait to see the facts come out. And, like, mm. I don't know what facts you need to see that aren't facts that come directly from the Director of National Intelligence the Investigator well, yeah. General's office. And like, that's a bigger what question. What are the facts you're going to get? Yeah, what? that's a bigger question, too, I think, too, about who do people trust as fact sources now? Like, when you say, I'm waiting for the facts, who are you actually waiting for? You're lying. You're li- right, okay, yeah. Lying. Yeah. Because I see a lot of this on, like, a lot of, like, right right-wing people on the internet, especially on Reddit and Twitter, that seems to be a big, like, bad faith argument. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I, I guess my, my other question is, what happens, this is not gonna, even if he did get impeached, even if he did, this would not happen before the election, presumably. The the next election. Unless oh, yes. it was, you think yes, it would? No, absolutely. Would it have to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're not gonna, they're not gonna have the inquiry, I mean, they're talking about having the whistleblower testify uh, very soon, as soon as the president stops threatening to execute him. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> wow. Because he's a cornered rat. Because he's Jeez, scared. Louise. This is what these people do. Uh, he can't be a mafia boss anymore, unfortunately. But yeah, no, this will be this will be settled one way or another long before the election. There are uh, There's a good article on Vox, actually, not to, to pass you off on somebody else, but it was from last week. It's called The Four Possible Crimes in the Scandal that could actually theoretically be, he could be charged of. Uh, I think the first one they said was campaign finance law is theoretically on there. Uh, bribery. Um, what's the fourth one? I got to scroll down to the rest. Extortion is the third one, and obstruction of justice is the fourth one. So those are the four potential charges. I mean, he already obstructed justice. Like they were very clear in the Mueller report that he obstructed justice. Yeah, but you know I mean? we like, don't right, take the Mueller report as a fact. I'm waiting for the facts to come in before. That's I, what I'm saying. Like we should. Like I know that, that everybody's got an attention span and nobody knows how to like read anymore. Yeah. And I get that the Mueller report was 400 pages and that's tough. I hear you. I guess. Um, <laughs> but like, it, I think one of the reasons, and I don't know if I said this last week or I've said this in private conversations. Cause I feel like I've said this to you before, but sure. I think that one of the reasons you're seeing this uh, kick up so much steam right now is it's a lot simpler. It's a lot easier to digest. It's this is a very mm-hmm. like simple situation, you know yeah. what I mean, as compared to something as large and dense as like Russian election interference sure. and you know the narrow scope mm-hmm. of the special counsel's investigation. Certainly, let's take this to another side for one second. He attacks Joe Biden. Is this really the theory? Story? He's looking for dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden. Yeah. Does that mean that Joe Biden, in his mind, is the perceived front runner? Hundred percent. Yeah. And in Joe Biden's mind, does that validate him as the number one concern again, like for Trump? Like, see, he's scared of me. This is why I should be the person well, running against in, him. No, I mean, yeah, and Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't need the validation to think that he's sure. that dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Like he wouldn't be running if he didn't think that about. Is himself. there something shady going on with Hunter Biden and Ukraine? I suppose is no. the real question. No, I mean, no, no yeah. more shady. That's and that that's one of the problems. And this mm-hmm. is getting back to that. Yeah. Like, if you can't talk about it yeah. all, don't talk about it all because. People are like, well, what Joe Biden did was kind of bad. And ask those people, what did Joe Biden do? What do you, exactly. What is yeah, it yeah. that you think he did? And then you explain to him that, like, this has all been so misrepresented, misconstrued. You can look at the facts, and these things exist, and it's not anything at all like what the right-wing people are saying. And, you know, yeah. the, the lies and the 
half-truths that they're using to advance this narrative. You know what I mean? And I think it's really telling that if you look at Fox News, at these right-wing like pundits going on places talking over the last few weeks, the question they cannot answer is, then why didn't you pursue this through conventional means of like the... Like the uh, right, because yeah. it's not real. It's not real, right? Like, it's not a real thing. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people like, well, he doesn't trust the Justice Department because of blah blah blah. So, well, he he named the head of the Justice he the the Department yeah. of Justice is headed by William Barr, mm-hmm. who is uh he's been a grave digger for the Republicans since yeah. Irene Contra. You know what I mean? So like you're lying. You say, oh, I don't trust him. Like it's all just lies. I've also heard this take, and we'll close out on this one because I'm sure I'm sure, sure we will eventually talk about this more as as adjustments and changes happen going sure. forward. But again, I'd like to not make it an every week discussion. Um, Great. My question. I lost my train of thought. I had a point I was going to make too. Mm. Mm. We were just talking. We were just we were said, talking about how like all the lies and saying like you know oh, I don't trust this or that. Why didn't we go through the official channels and do it right if you thought there was a real thing? Oh god, I'll think of it in a second. Mm. Damn it! See? Damn it! I had a I had a point that I wanted to make see? at the end. See, uh, see foiled by technology. Foiled yeah. by technology. So you're still thinking was... about that coffee on the motherboard. <laughs> it's true. My I'm bad. blown away that you can identify a motherboard on a computer. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, I don't I think I could. I had to do some research and look up what to do in so the scenario. So do you open the computer? It is off. It is drying. I'm going to bring it home Did you tomorrow. take it apart? I can't take it apart. I use then how do you know that it was on the motherboard? I just assumed that that's why the screen's not working. I did look up I some see. technology. I see. All right. I looked on some technology right. for why things... I'm not going to cross-examine you about the motherboard because I don't know enough. See, I don't know enough to ask the right questions. Uh, yeah, all right. So... Uh, I guess let's just move on from that. Let's talk about, there are basically two more controversial stories, and I hate to do the controversy section of the Tons of controversy. Everybody's got controversy about everything. Let's talk about The Joker. Let's talk about the Joaquin Phoenix film, The Joker. Yeah, Coming out this weekend. There is a lot of backlash about this movie, saying that it is inspiring to incel culture, that it is uh, defensive of, like, domestic terrorists. Uh, a lot of people have not seen this movie yet, right. mind you. Yeah. Um, now, I can take a guess, knowing what I know about the Joker character and the storyline, about what this movie's about and what happens, and I bet you I'm right. Sure. I have not read any spoilers, mind you. Yeah, yeah, Same I have an, Same. I have an idea what I assume happens. Uh, are we... I've, I've heard a couple of things. I've heard, one, that Joaquin Phoenix is amazing and the movie's quite good. Uh-huh. And I've also heard that this movie is irresponsible and shouldn't be released because it... Uh, glorifies negative character traits in like white men and incels. Uh, sh- so- <laughs> I mean, everybody's everybody's got to get their clicks, I suppose. Are we? Should we be concerned about this movie? I guess is the first question. No, about, no, not at this all. Movie, no. Will this movie succeed because of the controversy? I guess is a better question. I think it'll. I think it'll succeed either way. I think it was going to succeed either way. You've got a great director, you've got a great actor, you've got a great character uh, with you know great IP, great reviews, mm-hmm. apparently the movie is very good. The movie is going to do well either way. I think, you know, it's interesting, there's a lot of, we were just watching a thing on YouTube about Rambo 3, not too long ago, and for okay. anyone who's never seen Rambo 3, a part of... I've never seen Rambo 3. So, the point of Rambo 3 uh-huh. is that Rambo gets sent to Afghanistan yeah. to teach the Afghanis... With American weapons, how to fight the Russians. Well, yeah, we did that, yeah. Yeah, we did that. that's us. Right, that's us. That's us. So what you basically have is a movie where John Rambo and a portion of what would become the Taliban team up to fight the Russians, right? Like, in hindsight, that movie seems 
Like, oof, he's weird. But at the time, it's like, guys, we couldn't have known, right? Well, we knew. I mean, we... They we didn't, know. We didn't know the way we know now. Like, I don't know if we knew that... Hey, we didn't know. We they did. knew. <laughs> yeah. They knew. Like, not, not regular Shit. folks like us. I guess how much... How much responsibility should we put on the filmmakers in this case for making a movie that is quote unquote controversial? I mean, uh, you know, I would I would like to to point out again that nobody's seen this movie. Nobody's seen it yet. Yeah, like everybody is getting into full lather and the most passionate. What mm. does it all mean? Well, takes, you... but like nobody's seen it. Mm. Well, apparently they're saying that there's warnings of like shootings and mass shootings, and there's going to be extra security in the theaters. Again, I don't think this is just. Let's build up buzz for this movie. I, I, I don't know. It could be just let's build up buzz could for be, this movie. Could, could be a huge part of it. But man, like, I don't know. It feels... The one thing I saw people say about the, the Joker movies in the past, yeah. right? You have Joker in Dark Knight Rises. You have They never him, really made a Joker movie. That's the thing. Yeah. The Joker character is captivating when you play him as the opposite side to the coin of the Batman character, right? Yeah. You have the good and the evil, and you you know decide which side is more. But this one's like we're only doing the evil side. Look how screwed up this guy is. Isn't that fascinating? I, it seems to me like it's not even like look how evil this guy is. It's like look eh, well, isn't it kind of understandable why he's look so what evil? society is done. Look what yeah. society has done to him. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I think there's there are a couple of just like interesting stray observations that I'm gonna I'm gonna. Really, I can't say anything until I see it. You know what I mean? Sure. You know how, you know how and I, I would. Like. I, I do want to see it. I'm oh, curious I'm going to 100% now. see it. Yeah. 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 There, any sort of notion like, oh, you shouldn't see this movie is one of those brain-dead takes I think you probably yeah. have. Um, a few stray observations. I thought it was really interesting when somebody asked Joaquin Phoenix about this same mm-hmm. avenue of, um, you know, pre-backlash, if you will. Pre-lash. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. we're going to be backlashing about this later. Sooner than um, later, yeah. When somebody asked him, it seemed like he genuine. They genuinely hadn't thought about it. Yeah, that seems kind of crazy to me because it seems like a pretty obvious miss, angle. Kinda. Um, but I do think when the movie was shown at like Cannes or one of the big film festivals, yeah. and it got a huge ovation, and people were talking about it breathlessly. Like, oh my god, this movie's gonna be unreal. This movie's so good, so good. So I can't remember who said it now, but there was somebody you know, somebody like knows movies. Somebody talks about the stuff. Somebody goes to Cannes or review movies, and they were like. This movie is gonna is gonna do stuff. This movie yeah. is gonna change things. This movie is going to have a tangible, real world effect. And that was long before anybody started sniffing around the backlash, aka the anti marketing backdoor marketing plan that every movie uses now. Um, is this gonna be like the Fight Club of its day? Like we're gonna talk about this years later, being like, oh, is this movie appreciated for the right reasons? Do you or, mean like is that, or were we just angsty twenty year olds? <laughs> were we? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe. I mean, it remains to be seen. Yeah, it remains to be seen. It's, I would be, it would, I would, I mean, I'm not a filmmaker, so what can I say? But I would have a lot of really interesting thoughts and reservations about making a movie that glorifies any kind of domestic terrorism, um, especially if it involves shooting and killings and the climate we're in right now. Yeah, exactly. I would have a lot of questions for myself about that. I'm not saying I wouldn't necessarily do it or have it be a part of my storyline, but I could never make a movie with that in it and not think about it you know what i mean but a lot of these hollywood types are so far removed you know when you're a creative type and you're an artistic type Mm. you tend to get like a one-track mind and sort of off sequestered in your own world and so i can see it not really coming up to a maniac like joaquin phoenix like oh i've been wearing makeup to breakfast for eight months and it's like okay bud well i mean there's again i'm sure we'll hear more about this movie it's coming out this weekend it's Mm -hmm. getting pretty good reviews Mm -hmm. for most things i've read like no even people who have 
critiques about the arc of this movie seem sure. to understand that it's really well made and well acted and that people will like it. Yeah. Right. Whether or not this controversy exists in your head or not and it bothers you more than it does other people, no. that might be a thing. But sure. But in reality, from what I've heard, it's quite good. Yeah. That is, yeah. That is great. Love the Joker. All right. Speaking of jokes, let's get into the last controversy this week. This more one more controversy. The controversy last, never stops. Last controversy of the week. It's from an article from the Hollywood Reporter this week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Do you know who Shane Gillis is? Have you heard this name over the uh, last few weeks? Yeah. Yes. Shane Gillis was... Refresh my memory. Who's Shane Gillis? Shane Gillis was a podcaster, uh, stand-up comedian... Oh, yeah, that hired, guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy. Hired right, by yeah. Saturday Night Live on September 16th, and then four days later, he was released from the cast mm-hmm. uh, after a history of sort of racist, harsh text messages, podcast things, things he's quoted and saying. And this has sort of split the community of stand-up comedians. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a question about what is... Envelope pushing, and what is just mean and racist when it comes to stand-up comedy. Yeah. Now, over the years, I've been very pro-stand-up comedy. I love stand-up comedy. I watched uh-huh. all of it. as I watched like all these Dana Carvey specials and like Gallagher, who's sort of a weird right-wing comedian all of a sudden now. And I, I've seen tons and tons of stand-up, right? all the George Carlin, a lot of that stuff. Sure. I do sort of find that stand-up comedy is in a strange place you know i've gone on i've bill burr is going to get mentioned in this article because he went on uh, a rant during a david spade comedy show yelling at millennials about this shane gillis thing which is an argument i hate saying that we're all a bunch of rats and that no one cares and all they want to do is get people in trouble my argument for that is you wouldn't get in trouble number one you're not talking to millennials you're talking to generation z do some math mm. go ahead no. sorry but it's just like it, you're not going to get in trouble if you don't say anything that requires get, like that you would get in trouble for. And comedy is a weird one. Like, I'll, I'll just use this this Dave Chappelle stand-up that just sure. recently came out. Yeah. Right? This d- recent Dave Chappelle stand-up came out. Dave Chappelle had always kind of been controversial, at least recently over the last like, 10, 5, 10 years in terms of the comedy he releases being sure. a little edgy. But I've always found it funny and thought-provoking. In this most recent one, he has a whole sequence where he's like very anti the transgender community like the trans community in general and he's obviously trying to play it for laughs but it's not really funny and i don't and it's hard to whether or not something is funny is kind of singular it's like an individual thing whether you find something funny or not Mm. but i i guess i ask you two questions like is there top are there topics that are off limits for a stand-up comedian number one no no and number two, is it harder to be a stand-up comedian in today's quote-unquote cancel culture? If by harder, you mean you can't be as lazy as a lot of these guys uh, used to be able to get away with and, and, and get laughs from. Mm-hmm. Like, the people in the audience have changed what they what they find is funniest change. Like, you know me, I like Bill Burr. Supporter Bill Burr, I like the way he looks a lot of things. And yeah. I, I am a firm believer, like, this notion of, like... People being overly sensitive and people just being, you know, quick to the outrage. I'm, I'm very sympathetic to a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But by that same token, I, I think one of the things, and this is it's really crystallized for me, so I haven't been able to put it into words, but I think something you probably know about when we've been friends for a long time. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is intellectual laziness. Mm. When people are having lazy arguments, lazy, lazy takes, lazy this or that, not really thinking it out and just sort of connecting dots that aren't there that really drives me nuts and i think you see a lot of that with this kind of stuff where it's like 
you can still talk about things that might be offensive or thought-provoking or they're mm-hmm. edgy or they're whatever, but you have to be thoughtful with it. Like, this guy didn't go out there and do... This Shane Gillis guy wasn't even doing stand-up. No. He was on a podcast making lazy jokes, you know, using uh, slurs that we try not to use for Asian folks anymore yeah. and, you know, different stuff like that. Anti-Jewish and just, stuff. And yeah. just saying it for, like, oh, look at me and, like, I don't care and I'm so edgy and I still do real comedy... <sighs> But this guy wasn't actually making a joke like, oh, nobody can take a joke anymore. No, man, that joke's just not funny. Yeah, saying... Like, it doesn't make me laugh anymore. You know what I mean? Like, when Chappelle went out there, Chappelle's on his stand-up, he's saying stuff, getting out towards, you know, trans community, uh, different people in the black community, Asian community, Hispanic, whatever it might be. Mm. But the stuff he's saying is thoughtful and makes you sort of have pause and look at it, and he's making, like, yeah. thought-out jokes. This other guy's just mouthing off slurs. And I think it's become sort of a defense mechanism for this kind of lazy comedy and lazy thinking where people are like, oh, everybody's so offended. You can't even say anything anymore. It's like, no, dude, your jokes are just dumb and, like, you're not that, like, smart. I hate the sorry, not sorry, I'm pushing the envelope guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm so edgy. The edgelords. The edgelords, yeah. Weakest arguments. Uh And look, I, I also get it, like... To a certain extent, if there was no edginess in comedy, it'd be hard to laugh at that's, anything. That's why I'm 100% not saying you can't do edgy yeah. comedy and talk about these things at all. Mm. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying if you're going to do that, you have to be prepared to work hard. Yeah. And I know like back in the 90s, for a lot of these guys, because who are the people you see complain about this? Generally, middle-aged dudes. People almost, are going to go see the Joker. Almost, <laughs> no, no, I'm, t- I'm talking yeah. about the comedians. Yeah. The comedians yeah. themselves. Yep. Older every comedian, dudes. Yeah. It's all middle-aged dudes in their late 40s to 50s, with the exception of like Chappelle and maybe Chris Rock. Almost all of them are white, because those mm-hmm. were most of the guys that would get famous back then. But like all those guys, like I'm sorry that in the 90s you could just like use a weird stereotypical Asian voice and play it for laughs. Yeah. And I'm sorry that the kids younger than you are smarter than you were yeah. and don't find that funny anymore. Yeah. But like we don't. So work harder and be better. Yeah. Just be better. You no. know what I mean? Because you don't. The only people you see complaining about this are old, semi-washed up white dudes usually. Nope. I'm, you know I'm I mean? totally. There's a reason for that. And look, I, I get it. There's like, a reason for that. No, there is. I mean, I you're not wrong. I'd be interested to hear today's guests' take on that. Oh, I'm I know that's not what they're coming on to talk about, but like as somebody who's who's a pretty progressive, pretty uh, warm-hearted, you know, forward-thinking mm. person, and also somebody with you know feet in the stand-up comedy scene and everything, yeah. be interested to hear that take. But yeah, for me, it's just no. You're you're lazy, and you're mad that people are calling out your laziness. You know what I mean? You don't want to have to defend yourself. Here's the worst take I heard during this whole thing, and I'll, I'll leave you with this one. It's basically. The guy who was working for Gillis's podcast, like the co-founder of their podcast, and this was his quote, it's funny, because when you say one side is very tolerant and inclusive, I'm like, yeah, the side that I'm on, that's telling jokes, and just, oh. it's like, no, that's a that's horrendous such a take. take. That's such We're a on the side take. of funny. Out of here. That's You're on the side take. of nothing. That's Come such on. a trash thing. Like, uh, you, like you say something, like people don't really find it funny, and you're like, oh, well, you're all just sensitive. No, man, it's not funny. Like, yes. I'm, I've do seen better. it. And like, I've seen that joke 10 million times. Like, yeah. How many times do I have to see like the oh, Asian accent joke and call him this name? Like, it's just not funny anymore. I've seen that joke. Get I'm a better joke. I'm with you. Stop rehashing like Don Rickles shit from the 70s, man. I don't know what to say. Uh, all right. Well, Intellectual good. laziness is the scourge, and I hate it. I don't like it. This has been uh, Controversy Corner here this week. Just uh, all the controversial news I've been holding off and it seems like a good time to do it. I'm fired up. I'm ready to <laughs> hit the pause button. Let's go to the next segment. <laughs> i got right. more controversy. Uh, Kev, I appreciate you taking the time to do this for practice. Oh, appreciate man, you. absolutely. And, I do. Uh, 
You just better better not let uh, Heather trash my name when I'm out here when she gets here later. She's going to talk so much. I bet she is. I bet she is. Uh Uh, All right. Uh, Thanks, Kev. We'll talk to you next week. And let's go to this week's interview with GFOP's Devin and Brianna Mahoney. Vintage blue sock. A little bad, little bad radio to start the show here, which is where we talk about clothing we're wearing. We're both in Utica blue socks hats. Both in Utica blue socks hats. It's pretty. I didn't plan it necessarily. I noticed it when you had yours on. I didn't. I didn't realize you put it on because of mine. I did. <laughs> I, I like this hat very much. I've got the. For those of you not watching, I've got the all blue. All blue. Because the they also style. do a, a yeah. pinwheel one with a lighter blue. Yeah, yeah. That's not this one. My problem with this hat is it fits a little weird. I don't even can see it. Like it fits fine, but like right here, yep. it, and they yep. all do that, yep. which I don't like. Yep. Like. It's I don't I'm a hat guy. I've yeah. always said over the years that if I had disposable income, I would have a lot of guitars, I'd have a lot of books, and I'd have a lot of hats. Yeah. Hats is like one of my weird ones. And I there's a real specific thing. Like if you go buy this is really off brand already, but what used to be a fitted new era forty fifty nine fifty, I think is what they were yes, called. Those are like yeah. the game worn hats. Yes. Right. Those were the coolest hats you could get in high school. Fitted with the Yankees or whatever team you're rocking at that time. Now, those hats fit so weird because the front of them are so high. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it sits so high up on your forehead. I always had a problem with that. that. And then I would try to bend them. It wouldn't quite fit mm-hmm. right. And back in the day, you couldn't wear those flat brim like you, you a flat brim man? I am now. I, uh, I sort of... It, it, it depends on the hat, too. Even if I'm wearing like a dad hat, which is like the new culture of like wearing a hat now, uh, even then, I always only have a slight curve in it I, I can't I think growing up at Proctor and wearing like flat brim hats for years of my life has ruined my ability to like wear a curve if I wore a really curved hat I'd feel like a jerk I'd be like, I'd be like a lacrosse bro or something but did, no. did you I used to have like a, a method to it right like yes. a very specific yep. hand yep. movement I would do mm-hmm. and then I would do like a rubber band thing and then go back to the, and like the hand movement went down like it came down it was like a massage move it would, it would have like a flare at the end see for high school for us it was mostly in that sort of hip hop vein so right. you wanted the hat to be as flat as possible, right. and you also wanted like the sticker to still be on, yeah. like the hologram yeah. sticker to be underneath. And some dudes would even wear the size sticker on the brim still, which I always thought was stupid looking. But hey, that was the that was the. Scene. I'll date myself. My when I was in high school, like the scene was like Jesus. You probably don't even remember this white game hats. No, I remember the game hats with like the all white, yeah, with just like the two bars, and then like Irish yep. or like, I, but the, and then you would do a deep bend on those, yes. like as, as as curved as you could get it, and then you got to a point because the outside curves like hit each other, and you're like, I want to curve it more, <laughs> but I I can't. That was a very particular time and place. I know exactly what you're talking about, and that hat existed in my consciousness. Uh, shout out for the foul language about to use because if you had a South Carolina one, it just said Cox on it. Because they're the Gamecocks. Those would be and fun that, ones to get. That yeah. was the one you would get if you were, like, kind of a douchebag. You were like, oh, check it out, oh, Gamecocks. 
Uh, but yeah, I so love cops, but they can't get mad at school. Get it? Yeah. Look, we're in school. Um, <laughs> what a strange time. Man, the world is changing though. But let's get into that in just a second. I it's wanna... not though, man. It's I'll tell you, changing. even even as of today, whenever I try to do anything creative, if I can if I can isolate a word and be like, if we could use the synonym, it would also mean poop. Or like I will not shy away from like. Well, let's um... snuck a poop joke in there. Well, let's. Let's talk about it for a second because we just talked about it uh, in in span of the podcast. I just talked about the stand up comedy Shane Gillis thing with Kevin before we went to your interview. Yeah, fuck Shane Gillis. <laughs> Straight on, I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil my take, but yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, no, I, I wasn't really gonna bring it up to you, but it makes sense because you know you you've been doing all this improv stuff and all this stand up comedy with people. Yeah. You do a lot of training courses. Yeah, uh, a lot of like young comedians come to talk to you and learn to do stand up and improv. Do you notice a sort of inclination for people who don't like just getting into it to sort of be negative yes. immediately? Not negative, but there's certainly a especially when people are very new uh to right. it, they they feel a need to try to say something dirty or edgy yeah. or something that sticks out and um there are different ways that works between yeah. improv and uh, stand up because they're like opposites. Mm-hmm. Well, what drives me nuts, and I, was, I didn't say it to Kevin beforehand, but I, I'm glad I have you here to say it now. It drives me crazy. I've watched a lot, I love stand up comedy. Going back to when I was a kid watching Comedy Central, my sister used to do stand up in New York. Um, I watched every George Carlin thing, I yeah. listened to all of them. Sure. So I've always been on the side of the argument that stand up comedy is the best way to sort of punch up at power and sort of it's a great way for people to like laugh and hear something and like talk about things in an interesting way that you couldn't really do otherwise. To me, that's the best part, right? I'm a comedy fan. I love to laugh. I love just funny stuff. But but when I realize that you could take that kind of thing and put it together with the other side of me, which is like speaking truth to power mm-hmm. and and calling people out for doing yeah, yeah. dumb shit, there is no better way yeah. to uh, cut to the essence of a, an argument mm-hmm. or make a point other than... Uh, comedy, right? You, you can write a big article, yeah. but but ultimately well, the delivery, there's... the delivery. You can hide it to the last mm-hmm. moment. You can. There's something about it that in in truth in comedy is yeah. is our big mantra at the Uptown and in, in improv. It, pe- things are funny because they're true. Yeah. People will if, if something is not true, they won't laugh at it. And there's no hiding it. Nope. See, it, here's the thing, right? If you are in a rock and roll band, yep. and you like. Uh, for example, like Pearl Jam, we're just in front of the Pearl Jam poster. Pearl Jam has a song called Bush Leaguer, mm-hmm. which is a song they used to play, which was about George yep. W. Bush, which is an anti-George W. Bush song, right? Uh, and people used to get mad <laughs> when they would play it, right? Like, they 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 get out there in front of the mic and they'd be like, all right, it's me, Eddie Vedder, George Bush sucks. They'd launch into the song. People would be mad, but then the song's on, you're like, oh, yeah, the song's playing. You just sort of get caught up. In comedy, there is no distraction from the music. There's no... If you make a comment, it's just you and the audience. Well, here's so, the thing with the music. I think if Eddie, Be- if Eddie Better, and even if I love Pearl Jam, yeah. if he says something I don't like, and I tend to agree with Eddie Better, sure. But if like I'm someone that doesn't, I'm like, well, fuck it. That's just a stupid opinion. Like, yeah. fuck him. He's wrong. Yeah. In in comedy, you're you're watching a setup. Bef- you're, right. Before you figure out what the punchline is, so you're going along with all of it, like it's just common world stuff. It's like, oh yeah, that all like you associate with it. That is true. That's uh, 
that is how I see the world. And at the last second, you throw the mm. the hook of like, this is what's funny about yeah. it, and this is why it's funny. And you you draw people in, and you get them laughing, mm. and you disarm them before you can, uh, you know right out of the box be like bush leaguer they're they're two minutes into a sketch that they're laughing at already and then they say something that even if they here's the other thing right even if they if it's on the other side of the political line or or the ethical line for them Mm -hmm. if they catch themselves laughing at it they know that's because it's true yeah and whether it's whether it's true to them or true to other it's and whether they would recognize that politically or not there's they're Comedy only works when it's true, yeah. and and you can fake a lot of shit mm-hmm. in other places, and that's the argument that I think we were talking about with the Shane Gillis stuff. Like if you yes. listen to the stuff that he got thrown off SNL for, right? Uh, it's not jokes, right? If I if you and I are on this podcast and we just start harassing somebody in public in the public eye based on some sort of racial or cultural... We were just sitting here doing stereotypical not, accents just yeah. because something came up in the news. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's not, it's it's not, not funny. funny. That's, it's... Um, and and, not, and, and uh, we touched on this earlier when we talked before the, the show, yeah. but I, I don't know that there's no place where you could do an accent like that. Sure. Right? Uh it's all framing. It's all context. It's, fra- it's context. It's all... And it's framing and it's intent more than anything. And the intent of that was just like, Asian people sound funny. Let's yeah. make fun of them. Yeah. If, um, you know, but uh, also in the very first episode of uh, SNL, Chevy Chase drops the N-bomb yeah. hardcore. Yeah. Yep. And it's, but it's a sketch that has uh, Richard, Pryor. Richard Pryor in it and yeah. there's context and it's about how these words affect each other. Yeah. And then it's like, we're using that word because... We're trying to say something about about something rather than just somebody caught me when nobody was looking, making fun of people who don't sound like me. Good stuff. Oh, I'm, glad we, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I brought it up now, actually. Yeah, me too. Fuck Shane Gillis. <laughs> true story. Let's. Uh, Although let's, you know, I'm bummed now. I know that name. So fuck that true. guy who no one will ever hear from again. <laughs> let's uh, let's get. But into also, the... he apologized too, nah, and he, he was like, "If anybody's really offended, that's not a real apology. It's not a real apology. Not a real apology. And then, like, I'm sorry that I'm not sorry that you're upset. Is like, not an fuck apology. you. And then even yeah. when he quit, he was like, or they fired him. He's like, I'm more of a mad TV guy anyway. Like, fuck you. No one's a no, mad. TV no one's guy. ever been more of a mad people TV who worked guy. on mad TV weren't mad <laughs> TV people. I bet you his favorite sketch was uh, Mrs. Swan there, the really racist Asian. Sketch, of course, I bet, right? Of course yeah. it was. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into some other stuff i feel like i've gotten us off on track here let's talk about some other things i want to talk to you about first off the community choice awards 2019 congratulations thank you we are the champions you're the champions who were uh, i can't ask you who you're up against because uh some of those other people may have been on this podcast recently they were all fantastic people yeah. they were all very uh worthwhile projects mm-hmm. but um since we're not naming them i'm, I'm told we blew them out of oh, the wall oh yeah is that the case yeah. so honestly that's one of the main things i want to do here yeah. for those you, you who are listening and sure. everyone that helped out the community really showed up for this one yeah. and uh, they said, especially on social media, yeah. we knocked it out of the park. And um, how did this work? What was your pitch initially? Like, did you come up? Is that how this whole thing works? Like, so the Community pitch? Choice yeah, Award yeah. is a uh, is is a yearly thing. I guess they do yeah, now from the Community Foundation. Foundation. And this uh, year, I think they broke it up into eight different categories. One of which was arts and culture. Uh, and it was submit a proposal mm-hmm. that the community can vote on, and we'll take the top three. We'll make three finalists, and yeah. and amongst the three. Uh, the community can vote uh, in each category. So uh, we wound up submitting a 
um, proposal that was, uh, I believe it was called Bring Back $2 Tuesdays. Yeah, $2 Tuesdays, yeah. You know, so ever since we've <laughs> taken over the, you know, the Uptown and and even before, people are like, are you going to bring back $2 Tuesdays? Tuesdays yeah. And we're like, we hope so if we can get a roof and like, <laughs> right, the, the uh, and like a screen <laughs> yeah. and, and seats. All the fundamentals. All the fundamentals. So those yeah, of yeah. you who have been following us, we are, as of now, uh, you know, we're in phase two. We opened up the the improv and comedy space. We are now using the lobby as its own uh, kind mm-hmm. of event space, which fits well, um, some folks. To, not to jump on you, but you you were nice enough to let us use the space for our passport premiere party. And we had such a blast. Yeah. That was great such time, a great thing, man. Like we had a band in the lobby. They were awesome. You guys, were all the there. bands were great. All the bands were great. The girl who was playing with the girl, she was like the punk rock singer. Yes, Rialda and I, the Piss Antics. They're fantastic. I gotta get, seen She has a good edge to her. Whatever. She is great edge. Great. I love it. Yes, I love Old that. Old school punk rock. She's really great, man. <laughs> Um, I dug it a lot, yeah. The first time I saw them, I saw them at the other side yeah, across yeah. the street. One of my buddies was like, one of the moms from like JCC Preschool is playing a show. <laughs> yeah, like so They weird. play like Beatles covers. Like, do you want to come watch? I'm like, no, but I'll come. <laughs> yeah. And I went and watched and it's her and I believe her husband and they had a couple other guys, Andy, and uh, like Beatles, but then like into Ramones. Yeah. And she kicks she ass. She kills it. It's yeah. amazing. She's uh, got a great presence. So we did that. We did the passports mm-hmm. and then we did a comedy show that night. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, some local comics. We did some improv. We brought in, uh, this is the kind of thing I love that's popping up now, uh, this dude Paul Kozlowski, who's mm. out of the Cortland area now. Oh, nice. But like he grew up in Syracuse with Bobcat Goldwaith mm. and Tom Kinney, who's SpongeBob oh, yeah, yeah. and everyone else. <laughs> and he um, he wrote for like the original Jon Stewart show and Chris yeah, yeah. Rock. And now he's just chilling around here. So like we were like, hey, will you come up and do some stand-up? Mm. And he came and killed for you know a half hour in our little 30 person studio amazing so it's like we're creeping along but it's like if you can if you can show up when we're doing it there's some really cool stuff coming out well i think we're in the the time of the the time of humanity now where the distance is less of an issue than it used to be yes everything's a little bit more connected than it was yeah 30 40 years ago. well especially with social media you can Mm -hmm. see what's going on yeah not just here but in syracuse Mm -hmm. and pick and choose the things you want to go check out right uh well, speaking of which, you guys do a great job on social media. I love the way you guys have really adapted to like using Twitter for yourself. I love your Twitter feed. We're uh, trying. It's, it's the best way I, I think we found so far to get to get the word out is is social media. You it's know. a necessary evil because you have to remember that Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are not the world at large. Yeah, but they're but for especially certain things like especially the kind of folks who are coming in to do improv and do like comedy stuff there's a particular scene of well, where that's they the pop. thing yeah. right a lot of people are like you aren't advertising and well, we are we where... just we aren't in the OD <laughs> yeah. you know we're not on billboards but if if but you're on any sort of social social media mm-hmm. and anyone who's uh, you you're probably seen our stuff somewhere um well, before we get too far away, because I have a bad habit of forgetting to do promos, why don't we yes. talk about what's coming up this week? Because you have a sure. bunch of stuff coming up this week. I yes. cheat sheet here. Uh, so what can people look forward to this week? Uh, so uh, we might, uh, what day say? We'll probably miss this, actually. Friday the 4th. Uh, we're That's, do- no, we're all right. We're doing, um, uh, we have two house teams, two improv house teams yes. at the Uptown now. Mm-hmm. We've had so many students. We put together two teams that are playing uh Together, we're practicing every week. So is we have the cage match stuff you guys are doing? Uh, no, cage match is uh, on Thursday, Thursday nights, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is uh, we have uh, two improv teams uh, square off against each other. They each have 20 minutes at the end of the set. Uh, whoever's really in the audience that. gets to vote yeah. on who they liked better, and the winner gets to come back. We do it in kind of a um, 
wrestling style. Yeah, where, I enjoyed that a lot. You know, DeMarco yeah, yeah, yeah. is our commissioner. We do. We, there's a heavy <laughs> wrestling tilt to it. We now that we have a sound system and a sound booth, we're doing entrance songs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And there's there's even a NWI New World Improv faction that's broken off. And so now, that was the question I was going to ask for you because the one I went to see you guys, it was the the Sienna Aints. Yes. And uh, I want to see if the other team was who you guys were playing against, but. How do you guys determine who's going to be on each team? Do you guys just decide during your improv um, sessions? For this, we just or? kind of make it up, right? Make like, it up, yeah, yeah. like for the Sienna Aints, mm-hmm. we realized that amongst the kind of group of uh, yeah, yeah. people we've got, there were four of us who didn't quite finish Sienna College in <laughs> sure. one way or another, right? Like, I got kicked out the week before graduation, yeah, yeah. and Bob Beach would, you know, didn't quite make oh, it. Bob right? Beach, my. You know what's funny about Bob Beach? Quick side note: for years, for years. Bob Beach, for 10 years and I, were playing fantasy baseball in the same league where he was the commissioner. Kevin, like, hooked me up with him. Never met each other. Never knew. Only through fantasy baseball. And then, like, I think the night of the the, the thing, I was like, oh, you're Bob Beach. And that's why this is awesome, right? More <laughs> yeah. than anything, and I'm glad we took that sidetrack. Because it's like, right, yeah. it's you and Bob, and you guys are in those worlds, but you're yeah. in your computers, you're doing your thing. Yeah. This thing is pulling out yeah. the kind of people, like, right? Like, we're pulling out our friends, we're pulling out those kind of people. So now it's like, not only are people meeting, people who never would have met each other before yeah. are now, like, hanging out in a way yeah. that's like, it, it, like, people really connecting over... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It pulls out this kind of nerdy, adventurous, creative yeah, yeah. Um, thing. And people don't always stick with the whole thing. They jump into other classes. But the people who have been turning out um, are now forming this really cool community of people that are coming back every uh, every week and even more so kind of well, now. Well, that was the thing that I was actually had written down here is one of the things I thought you guys have really done an amazing job of, especially for what I've seen from what that building was for... 20 years, yeah. even during the time I was gone. You built up a community of people who enjoy being there. Yes. And find some sort of drive and excitement from being in lieu of the other people there. That's ultimately there. the yeah. business plan, yeah. right? Is uh, We're not, and that's, that's kind of what's been hard to demonstrate, especially when we first yeah. got here, mm-hmm. being like, yeah, we're going to do the building, but here's what we're really trying to do before that is create this kind of snowball. Yeah person snowball right of the kind of people that want to be here and spend time here and that's what's going to take us forward so when we first got here a lot of people were like well do you have the funding and like how are you gonna and and we still don't have everything nailed down but um it's uh the fact that it's, it's starting to catch on people are starting to realize that uh it's the people here that are making it cool right and then the people will make the building cool when we can but until then we'll use the parts we can to do Made him Utica parties and, you know, little 50-person seatings in the lobby and comedy shows. I've probably told you this before. When when Trump got elected, the night the night Trump got elected, uh, I remember I was on Twitter, right? And I was, like, depressed. It was at night. I was taking it real hard. I'm on Twitter, and there was a guy in Brooklyn who uh, I used to be friends with, and he was tweeting on there. And his tweet was basically, all y'all hipsters need to get your shit out of Brooklyn and go back to the places you came from and fix them up. Right. Yeah. And and it was a joke, certainly. It wasn't though. It's not really. Though. It's it's not. And, and to be honest, <laughs> that honestly had a had a part to do with why I'm home, yeah. right? Like being in LA, it's like, oh, like this is great. I'm in this place there's all these people think like me and we're in, but yeah. it's also like everyone here thinks like this. In there's the no but we're in a bubble, there's no minds to turn. You know, I can go out and help, but there's a hundred other people. Like here, like 
you can even just being in the uptown, you can see the progress every day. Like I, I'm not just okay. writing a script. Like I, I spent a couple hours a day painting. So like, oh, now we have another room that's flipped, and and it it, it builds. And seeing the people that come out is. I always thought there was a general bias for New York bias against New York City and L.A. from people in the country in general, right? Like in the Midwest. Yeah. If you say we're gonna make a TV show, it's about a police department. People are like, cool. Where? Like NYPD. There's gonna be a certain amount of people who are like, nah, yeah. not interested. LAPD. Nah. That's why you see a lot of these like Chicago shows. Yeah. People love Chicago, <laughs> the Midwest. It's unthreatening. Yeah, it's kind of like us. Unthreatening. It's, and no, but it's, it's still corrupt. It's true, though. Like, when I came back upstate, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, there was this sort of mentality where I was just like, I don't know what I'm getting into. And once I finally made it here and I saw all the Maiden Utica stuff was going on, I, I swear to God, I, I say it all the time, like, the Maiden Utica stuff that was happening on Twitter, the stuff that Justin was doing back then, made my opinion change for being like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I go back to, like, Man, I don't know what I'm gonna do when I go back because it feels like everyone's doing really cool stuff now, and I feel like maybe I didn't, I, I didn't come back fast in a different enough. way. Right? Yeah, I didn't come back fast enough, right? So that's something that I feel like has changed. And again, we talked with the technology. I think in this era, you see people wanting to maybe back off from the big city life. I, I you couldn't pay me enough to go back to New York at this point. I, I think so, and I hope there. so. I mean, I, I think I mean that's a trend I sensed, and I hope. I hope that I'm at the forefront of. Like, yeah. I would love now if all my friends moved back here. From... <laughs> right, right. Well, besides the idea of all of your friends moving back to the hometown to hang out with you, besides that idea, obviously, what uh, what would you like to see? I mean, it's probably hard to ask right now because you have so much in your mind, but, like, have you thought about, like, what the future future holds for, like, what you'd like to do with the Uptown? Like, you want to bring movies back a little bit, obviously, as we talked about with... Uh, with the community foundation thing. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing that starting yeah. hopefully around the holidays. Uh, you seem like a man with big ideas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, well, I mean, yeah, my goal is not to be showing movies in the lobby. Right, I hope right, I, yeah. hope, I hope that'll be like a, a cool, fun thing yeah. to do on Tuesdays to drop in and see a movie. Now, when you say movies, you mean like people can pick movies they want? Like, how does this work for people? I, yeah. Well, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. We've got we've got ten grand to turn the lobby into a little screening room. Nice. I think we're going to try to do it um, rather than maybe kind of living room style mm -hmm. where there's some couches and different... Maybe some bean bags, and we make oh, nice. it more yeah. of just kind of a, a casual setting thing. Maybe there's more than one screen. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I think we're gonna be starting with uh, probably some older movies. But yeah. uh, but uh, but uh, people can reach out. You know, mm -hmm. what movies do you want to see? How do you want to do it? Maybe we can do it weekly, where we have a poll or we ha have a ballot, or you know, obviously Christmas time. We'll show some Christmas movies. I'd love to do like a Hallmark shitty Halloween, you know, oh, Christmas yeah. movie day. Or well, you you seem like a big Halloween guy. We before we even started today, and it is the first day of October. By the time people hear this, by on Tuesday morning, uh, I'm surprised that the, you probably have some Halloween thing in the works, don't you already? Already, already. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you must. It's just turned October today. I'm already half done with Oscar's Halloween costume. <laughs> Milo's is so simple. I'm bummed. I'm like, really? We got a month. Anything you want? He's like, what do they do if you? Don't mind? Well, Milo wants to be Red Hulk. Sure. So yeah. He Red just Hulk, wants yeah. to be painted red. We got him some black <laughs> hairspray. He wants to have black hair. And I'm like, all right, that's a totally different character, but cool. Red I Hulk. respect that he knows who the Red Hulk is and wants to I be Red it. Hulk. Like, I love it. I love it. Oscar and Oscar is. Uh, you like this? He's on a. Um, Godzilla kick. Oh. Uh, yeah. We oh. Oh, we, we we subscribed to Stars so we could get all the old, yeah, old yeah. Godzilla movies. Oh, uh, he's going to be... Uh, do you have a guess from the Godzilla world? 
And it's not Godzilla. So is it's, it is it from the new movie? Is he want to be Ghidra? Nope. Rodan? He's going to be King Ghidorah. Yeah, yeah, Ghidra. Yeah, King Ghidra. Ghidra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three heads. That's the best one. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Is that a costume that exists now? Like, you can go no. buy that costume? You had to make it. No, you got to make it. <laughs> but also, I'm like, yo, pick something good because I want to. I got all this. Oh, man. Like, I don't know if you know what this. What do you have this. to do now? Do you have to go in costume with the kids if you go. Like, I, you, you know them? what I was thinking about being this year? I don't want to say it because I don't want to spoil it. Mm. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell, tell you later. Tell me later. Yeah, yeah. It's really good, though. Do you and Brianna do couples costumes we have in the past if it's a good one no we were the blues brothers together one That's time good. it was awesome we've we've done a couple i will say the the costumes she's made for me have been the better ones mm. swedish chef oh uh, i was a really good swedish chef uh, Max from uh, Wild, Where the Wild Things Are. That's a great one. That's yeah. one I've always kind of wanted to do, and it just seems like by the time I think about it, it's kind of too late. That's the other thing now that now I have it now, although I, I don't know where it is, but like I got that onesie. I should be putting it on way more than yeah, I Yeah, more just regular. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just making mischief of one kind or another. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> and then I roared. Uh, no, I did Box Robot one year with my buddy Dano. We did like went to the grocery store and like, give us all your cardboard boxes. That was probably the most fun I ever had at a party. It was just walking around, doing like the robot dance the whole night, like pretending that all the beer was oil. It's way more fun when you've <laughs> yeah. got a good costume. It's good, man. Too. But he said, he said Ghidorah, and I, I, it took me a minute to try to figure it out. But there's PVC pipe involved. There's foam. The... There's like, it's all, yeah, it's, it's going to be dope. <laughs> I'm going to look, I bet you that if you went online, because that movie came out relatively recently, I bet you there is. There's one you can buy. Is it crummy? It's shitty. Yeah, it's shitty. And it's also like the two heads are, are two of the heads are the arms. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The two heads are the other arms. So you gotta have your hands up like a jerk the whole yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, no, no, thank no you. this this shit's gonna be good. Wait till I show you what I'm doing. Uh so I had a couple ideas Please. for things that I think we're gonna see a lot of this Halloween season. Oh good. Alright. And if there's any that I'm missing here, tell me if you think of any. I think you're gonna see a lot of handmaid's tale. It seems pretty pretty popular. Yeah. Is it past Trump? People don't go as Trump anymore, right? People don't actually go... I, I wouldn't say... You won't see Trump, but you might see, like, Trump with, like, an M-peach Oh, something. I see. Right, right. or, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. something on the um, impeachment thing. Yes. Or just, like, an, a peach with a big M on it. Oh, yeah, You M might just yeah. see, like, impeach. Uh, yeah, that's true. So you'll thing. see some of those. But, I no, I doubt you would see just Trump. From the movie world, I think you will see some Mr. Rogers. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. I think you'll see some Pennywise. I feel like you got that a couple years ago, too. Yeah, I hope not. I and mean, then Joker, unfortunately. We talked about Joker earlier today, Is Joker too. out yet? It's coming out this week. We talked about it in the in the first segment. It's supposed to be coming out this week. I have. I really want to see that. We have some complex thoughts, but I want to see it as well. I don't care for the... I'm concerned about like how the narrative of the media covering it has taken over the movie, whether it's good or bad now. But no one's seen the movie yet. No one's seen the movie yet. Right? Very, yeah. So I get the potential. Yeah. But also, like, good. That shit. Like, oh, this. It's gonna make it worse. There's gonna be kid. Oh, you, oh, oh. The Joker yeah. is gonna make it so that there's Could kids get getting worse? shot in the head in, in kindergarten. Yeah, what's different? They're now? already fucking doing it. You think the Joker <laughs> is the fucking problem? <laughs> Fuck all uh, of you. Well, let me ask you this question: Joker costume is a, like a pretty cycle costume. Like it happened years ago when Dark Knight Rises came out. Everybody went as the Joaquin Phoenix Joker for Halloween as well. That was, we're going to see a lot of jokers. Or, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Heath Ledger Joker. Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to see a lot of a jokers. A lot of jokers this year, I think. I think. And also because this Joker costume is a bit more... Like, Specific. Specifically, like, it's just grease paint, and you could wear, like, a suit, right? It's, it is what it is. It's you got to get a like, good color suit, but yeah. You got to get the right suit. Uh, 
I saw a lot of Ruth Bader Ginsburg costumes on the internet when I was looking this up. I think that's a strong one if you want to take the other side of the political spectrum. They say that the first person to live to like 115 years yeah. old has already been born. Yeah. And I hope it's her. I do too. I still think she's kind of a babe. Somebody asked me this. She still like works out in bench press. She's in shit. better she's shape hot. than I am. It's true story. It's funny. So I said that during an event somewhere, like they were doing like a newlywed game thing and I was supposed to host it for a wedding, right? I went to like this wedding thing. And they're like, who is your partner's secret crush? And I'm like, I know who mine is. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> creepy. The older you get, the older you can find old people hot, which I'm finding now always, that I'm 40. I was like that when I was 20, honestly. I was into like older. Wait till you're 40. You're yeah, like, well, whoa. Because <laughs> now I'm like, oh, like if my 18-year-old me would be like, ick. But I'm like, bring it on. And now it's different. Your, life cha- your, your sensibilities change as you get older. Yeah, it's like, oh, I like getting old and fat and bald. It feels That's right. Story. And then last but not least, uh, I think you'll see, because they just came out this year you see some Lion King and you'll probably yeah. see some Aladdin just because both those movies came out this year they think I'm missing pretty hard though didn't they I suppose um, they made I'm money. trying to think what else is out no you'll probably see I mean I don't know off the top of my head of anything that I feel like I missed on there um, I don't know if you think of any you know. nothing good my kid's into Fortnite but if I saw you know a Fortnite costume, I wouldn't know what it was. I, you say that, and when I was going through the lists today, a couple costumes popped up, and I was like, I have no idea what this is. And they were all I think all, all the Fortnite ones we're, we're going to expect to see, probably, and rightfully so, we wouldn't understand them. Last year, the one that I saw the most full stop was Black Panther. I saw like 10 Black Panther costumes. That's pretty rad. I think you'll still see that this year, too. Like That's a pretty popular costume. All it seems the like Marvel now. things. I, think they, I would like to see someone be Thanos. Just paint I'm, themselves. Mine's a Marvel one. Is it Thanos? I hope it's Thanos. Uh, it's, it's better than Thanos. <laughs> uh, all right, so I gotta ask you one, one last thing before we go on. We did your schedule a little bit. Cage fights on Thursdays. Are you guys doing new new classes coming up? Do we have any? Yeah, new we got starting next starting next week. Uh, take a class. Creative writing is oh, going to be nice. on uh, Wednesday nights, I think. Oh, Tuesdays. Sorry, acting for non actors. Mm. If you're not an actor, but you're like, hey, I want to go take a class about acting and like get out. That's awesome with Christy Lanuza, one of our best teachers. Nice. Here's here's the best thing about this schedule. I'm not teaching any of it, which is great, right? Like I started out the first time we did this, I, like we started doing classes. We would have two between two and four and yeah, six, yeah. and I would teach them all. Uh, creative writing. Terry Rainey, an amazing local storyteller writer, uh, yeah, creative yeah, yeah. mind, is teaching this one. Uh, acting for non-actors with Christy Lanuza, an awesome teacher. Uh, applied stand-up. Brendan McGurk and Cortland Cluse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brendan McGurk has won the Comedy Cup for the last two years. Oh, yeah. Cortland Cluse is not only a great stand-up, he's teaching um, a lot of our improv now, uh, including our Level 1 class, which is going to be starting on Saturdays. Come take improv with us, mm-hmm. is the thing I would say to people, especially mm-hmm. the people listening to this podcast. It's uh, You don't have to have any inclination to want to act or even perform mm-hmm. or... Uh, uh, Anything like that, right? Yeah. It's just such a great way to, to get out and take kind of a hobbyish kind of class where you're going to meet a bunch of people who are super supportive uh, of of you and of what you're doing. And I think um, it's a great way. Uh, I'm pitching you because I think it's a great way into our world and what yeah. we're doing. But I think once you come see our classes and what we're doing, people are going to really dig it. People keep coming back. And more so than... Um, you know, re- rehabbing the building and the marquee, which we're doing, uh, our second mural. Yeah. Like, it's cool the people that are showing up to fill up the building. And like we were saying, like, I want the people to show up, and then we'll figure out what to do with the building, you know? what I think I, I say it with almost everybody 
who comes on this show to talk about uh, art in one way or another. I've talked about it with you guys before. I've talked about it with Derek Clark from Broadway Theater League. I've talked about it with the Players Theater Utica. Everybody who's doing something. Any time you can build those skills, those communication chops. Yes. It's good for the world we live in now. No one talks to each other anymore. Yeah. So any opportunity to learn how to hone your skills at communication and being a person who and interacts just getting with and, and interacting with people you wouldn't otherwise see. You know, I was just I was redoing our website today with some some pictures of our classes. We had this one class. There's there's people from 15 to probably 60. Uh, of every race and ethnicity in between, and they're people who otherwise, you know, throwing pens on the uh, table. Pens around the table. <laughs> but one of the kids is a is like a, a sophomore at, at Clinton at, at mm-hmm. uh, Clinton High School, yeah. and you know, there's a middle aged woman from Pornhill. Those two never would have met before, yeah. but now they're on, you know, first class. They're on stage together, creating something together, and after eight weeks of that, the kind of uh, bond that it creates with these people has mm. been a really awesome thing to see and it makes people want to stick around which is good so I, I invite everyone out just pulling away from uh, pulling behind the curtain I had to stop the mic for a second to check something and Devin you asked a really interesting question which I don't know if anyone's ever discussed on this are you pod. sick of your own voice yet am I sick of my own voice no and I'll tell you why were you ever yes many because t- I used to be a singer I used to sing in punk bands when I was younger so Kevin uh, and myself and my buddy Steve, and my buddy Nick, and my buddy Jay, we used to be in a band together. Is there tape? Yeah, tons of tape. Okay, tons great. Tons of tape, tons of tape. We'll talk about that later. Um, Keep going. But we used to sing all the time. I have albums and albums of music recorded with my voice. So when I was like 14 through, like, dude, I used to do musical theater. I used to have to hear myself sing and hear takes of myself singing. I did hate it. I still don't like it. But after a while, people tell you what they think about your voice. People were like, you have a nice singing voice. And even though I never liked it, I was like, well, enough people tell it to me. Where right. Even if I don't like it, somebody yeah. must like it. So that's kind of where I am with this. But it's the same idea. When people hear, like, I hear my voice in the podcast and I go, eh, that sounds, that's about right. That's what I said. But you hear it enough that you're probably, I think it's probably jarring when you, uh, you probably listen to it enough where you're like, oh, that's me. You know what's more jarring? For education, you have to film yourself doing lessons with kids Ooh. sometimes. It's for part of your, like, your, Student teaching. I make it a, uh, a rule never to film myself with kids. <laughs> seeing myself, <laughs> seeing myself talking on tape with my whole like movement and shticks. That's more awkward for me now than actually hearing myself. This is just part of the game. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of that too, yeah. where I see videos and I'm like, oh, I talk with my hands a lot more than I thought I did. It's a, like quite frankly, dude, put your hands down. You look like a crazy person. I do that all. I think I used to think it was just because I was Italian. I was like, yeah, we talk with our hands a lot. We like, we're always like fighting individually. <laughs> I mean, anybody with any passion with anything you're talking about is like, you need to. I'm doing punchy noises. Yeah, yeah. punchy face. <laughs> well, punch in the face. I remember I told my mom once that I thought the Power Rangers were Italian because every time they were on screen, they're always talking with their hands. Like this. <laughs> Power Rangers. Um, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> That's a great. That's so great. before I get to some lightning round questions, which I do have a few lightning round questions yeah, for you, uh, just. Uh, inform the people where they can get in touch with you. You guys are on Facebook. You're on Instagram. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, U-T-C-A-N-Y. We're also at uh, Uptown Improv underscore co. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're at all those places, uptownimprov.co, U-T-C-A-N-Y.org. I'm surprised that none of your like improv crew, any of these boys, have tried to do a podcast for you guys yet. I know your boy Fish is always talking about podcasts. The Fishes have uh, are, are, are uh, big in our stand-up community. They have, between them, I think a half dozen or a dozen uh, podcasts. One of the very first nights that I came down to see something you guys were doing, I ended up talking to the, the Fish boys. And we did end up talking about podcasting for 
probably like an hour and a half. You guys should do a crossover. No I'm one here. ever invites me on their podcast. Uh, I, I don't understand why. Give me your, oh, I'm going to tell this right. Oh, give me your pen. Here, take it. I'm going to write this down right now. I'm going to say, oh, that I, would be awesome. I would love to see I you. I have been on two podcasts in my life that have asked me to come on. One was Against the Algorithm. Shout out to my buddy Malik, whose new season started this week. Check out Malik. What up, Malik? Uh, and then uh, the boys from the Breaking Bread podcast brought me on once, and I don't yeah. think they do their show anymore. So now it's Oh, like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's it. The two times I've been on... No one else... I ask people to come on the show all the time. Like, from the radio station, from TV. No one ever asked me. Now, I'm not I'm not asking for a little, you know... Well, like, but they should. No one... No, my, opi- my opinion is different. No one ever asked Mark Maron to get interviewed. They always go to inter- American to get Yeah, but that's his premise. That is like, true. Nobody fucking wanted to no talk to me. No one wants to talk to me. That's why I'm in my garage. Uh, all right, so lightning round questions here, Devin. These are uh, different lightning round questions than we have done in the past for you. Or Great. At least I'm going to try and get them to be. Fantastic. Uh, so, Devin, what is the single worst job you've ever had that you can talk about? Oh, um, the worst job I've ever had. Oh, that's a hard one. I've had some bad jobs. I, th- I think the worst job I ever had was selling uh, life insurance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, not too far out of college. It's it selling it. Not. I used to answer over the phone and like help people facilitate. Oh, I did that too. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was way better than selling. Really, it. selling is worse. Like, like I sold. I sold uh, life insurance at like. I think it was my first job, second job out of college. My first job mm-hmm. out of college was trying to sell uh, radio advertising for K Rock and oh, yeah. Rock One Hundred Seven. Yeah, yeah. But yes. like, there were no businesses around here. Yeah, yeah. So they paid you for three months, and then like you're on commission, yeah. and then like I'm like. Three months in one day, I was like, well, I buy. I have no money anymore. Yeah, so. <laughs> like, there's no businesses around here. I don't know who you... And, and whoever is advertising is doing it with that hot blonde chick that's, you know... Yes. You know, like... Uh, but yeah, then I, I started selling uh, life insurance from... Uh, trying to give financial advice to adults when I was like 22. And they're like, yeah, I don't think so. Life insurance was... I did life insurance for maybe six months because they paid you salary to train yeah right i didn't have a job at the time i was temping so i was like yes please give me full salary to train for six weeks by the time i got to the end of that training i knew i was in trouble and yeah that's essentially not, what i did and they're like sending me bills for like the office and like pizza know. friday i'm like hey man i'm just a guy sitting here not yeah. selling insurance to anybody you know what got me with the insurance thing over the phone and again i, I respect anybody who can do this kind of job but like, i could not sit in a cubicle that's really what got me at the end of the day but they used to do mandatory overtime which oh fuck that yeah it'd be like you can pick we need you to do eight hours of overtime this week you can pick what days you want to do them you can do like four of them right now and then like one over the next four like four days nope that was when i was like nah, we're no no when i was showing life insurance it was like you know people like call your aunts and uncles and ask them ask their friends i'm like <laughs> fuck <laughs> My one of the better jobs is probably uh, I worked for MetLife in the business park. Oh yeah, for the dental insurance. Yeah, yeah. And the dentist like assistants would just call and like when people were in there <laughs> to like ask like what would be covered this time, and you'd be like, well, you can get your X-rays. They get a cleaning, <laughs> and it was really boring. But like sometimes you get someone that just called, like, hey, it's Cindy in Texas again. I think I just talked to you. I'm like, <laughs> Cindy, this is. Well, most times I would just hang up on them. That's true, though, because I used to do the Verizon thing for a while. I used to do Verizon customer service when that was at the APEC building when I was younger. Yeah. And that's another one. Like, people call, and you get calls from, like, a certain region. The idea was it's only from certain places that you won't know anyone in, so you don't get, like, family and friends. 
But you you get the same people sometimes. Like I talked to you before already. My son sent oh yeah eight thousand text messages. I'm like, oh, God, I'm I so talked to the same dentist office like four <laughs> times a morning. It's Cindy Lou and Waco again. I got another one in here. Does she get bilaterals? Like, and then it was and you just look it up. It was fine. And but then if like there was something I didn't know how to do, I just hang up on them. Yeah, and I pretend like it got dropped. I'd be like, hello. Hello? <laughs> and then the I, people above me wanted to give me a full-time job, even though it was a temp thing, because my uh, call time was so good. Because every time I had a hard one, I'd just hang up. See, my call times are like this. Because I'll be that guy who's on the phone call for like 15 minutes, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to put you on hold and learn it. Then I'm going to take you off hold. And yeah. Just, they're like, you've been on the call for 20 minutes. I'm like, no, was... I did a lot of bloop. Nobody looked at, like, yeah, my, uh, my dropped call ratio was about 95%. My favorite one that I ever got. And then I'll move on to a different one. I got in trouble because, you know, you have the hold button. You're like, okay, I'm going to put you on hold for one yeah, 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 I put the person on hold, and I just, I was so frustrated that I just yelled fuck into the phone. I was like, ah! And I was like, okay. Beep. Okay, I'm back, folks. Let me take care of this for you. And that happened to be the call that one of my bosses screened. And they're like, look, we know the customer didn't hear it, and you were obviously frustrated. <laughs> But you can't do that. You, we're gonna have to fire you if you do that again. I'm like, uh, understandable. I, I, I get it. Touche. But like, I would do shit like that, and they'd be like, "You, you want to work here full time?" See, really? And I was like, "No." In, in, in salesman, that works. In in cashing out, the life insurance doesn't work as well. Yeah. Uh, who would you cast to play you in the movie of your life? Devin Hoffman. Oh shit. Or, sorry, Devin Mahoney. Shit. The Devin Mahoney story, starring. Uh, if I'm being generous. Right now, uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, Pratt. I can see it. Uh, but but really, probably like uh, who is the guy that was on the Shield? Like, no, <laughs> you're talking about the um, uh, Chickless Michael. Chickless. Yeah, Michael Chickless. He's like sixty. <laughs> no, that's why it says. See the delivery, the Pratt thing you say is actually interesting because I could sort of see him Maybe doing t- the, like. He went one way. He could go back. He the other. I used to work with uh, when I was uh, the first couple seasons of The Office. My roommate Kevin yeah. was the writer's production assistant. Really, so he'd get them all lunch, <laughs> and that was Chris Pratt's like second season of ever doing anything. Yeah, he comes. Parks and Rec. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, Parks and Rec. Yeah. He was on both. Yeah, but yeah, he was he was Mike Schur's assistant on the first season of Park and Rec. I'm like the fucking guy, Chris Pratt. So much funnier than him, and he's fucking on TV. I'm like, yeah, but he's like really good. And I'm he's like, handsome too. <laughs> now he is. Now he's. But he was just kind of loafy. Can I tell you something about him? I I like Pratt just fine. I like him in all the Marvel movies. He's good as Star Lord. The he's kind of a diminishing returns guy for me. Oh yeah. The yeah. No, I I, I don't him, like him as an action hero. I, I'm he's totally not good pitching in him. Jurassic World movies. No, I'm pitching him as like Fat Andy on the couch with a broken leg, yeah. and he's making people do shit yeah. for him. I. I hate to be the guy who Otherwise, said it. maybe like Danny McBride. I had a couple uh, classes at Second City where one of the teachers was like, I thought you had like a, I thought you were Danny McBride. I'm like, I, like, I don't feel like that vibe, but like, Danny I'll McBride. Take it. I've been told that Danny McBride is the guy that funny people think is the funny person. Like, yes. if, you, if you put like all those like yes. comedians from like that era, like for that group of dudes into a room, they'd all say McBride. He's the funny As an actor, funny. yeah, for sure. Uh, what would you say is the most embarrassing phase you went through? In your lifetime, from a fashion perspective. Oh, from fashion? Yeah, some fashion or, like, fad that you got into that you kind of regret in hindsight. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, probably my sophomore year of college. Yeah. I was in, like, a 
Hot Topic phase. Oh, yes. Like Please bleach, tell me more. Like bleach white hair, <laughs> red satin shirt with dragon. Red yes. satin bowling shirt bowling with shirt. dragons on yes. it. Like the guy like Fieri. Almost Janko really fat jeans. <laughs> and then like a, a wallet with a chain, but I didn't even use the wallet. I just put yep. it in my back pocket yep. so I could have the oh, chain. I, you know what's funny? I would have thought you were the coolest dude if I saw you during that. Oh, era. I thought I was too. But like, not long after that, I was into Limp Biscuit, which is what I was thinking of. I went as Fred Durst for Halloween one time. It's an easy Halloween costume. Red, it po- it worked really <laughs> well. But like that year, like I was like the first time I ever did like ecstasy, mm. and I did that, and I was in the mirror. I'm like, I'm Fred Durst. I'm just like, just like it was Fred Durst. yeah, like it was creepy. Dude, man, Limp Biscuit, what a time! What a time in a culture for America. Like I. Owned two Limp Bizkit albums and played them regularly. Oh, more than that. I, I, I have a... F- oh, shit. What was the show called? And am I about to admit this? There was an MTV show where you could, like... TRL? No, no you before call it a vote? then. Oh. You, it, it was like you... Like, to meet, like, your biggest... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like... It's biggest... not like True Life, but I know what you're talking about. You could meet, like, your idol or your, you're, like... You, uh, Idol and like they like so I called in and told them like I was a freshman in college like I really wanted to meet Everlast because he yes. like really changed my life <laughs> and like he used to be a rapper but now he's into the blues and introspective I was like they're gonna pick me and yeah no I mean that's it that's probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever oh told anyone God. Everlast dude Everlast was I have been laughing about this song uh, might know what it's like to have the blues for like ten years yeah. Yeah, no, that was exactly what I'm like. Yeah, Everlast is the best guy there is. Like, because he was all really cool when he did jump around, and now he like has a pit bull, and he's called oh, Whitey man. Ford. All right, Dev. Well, before we go, give me one book, album, movie, or television show that you or you and Brianna are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Oh, what am I watching? And I'm gonna say this the wrong way because she's been making fun of me. Um, Succession. Yes. On HBO. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, isn't it the best? Yeah. <laughs> It, it's, it's it's really so uh, great. Uh, uh, the Good Place on NBC is back. Mm. Yeah, 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 season four. Did you like the end of season three? It's a little convoluted. It's getting a little convoluted, right? I couldn't tell you if I remember the end. Of, it was getting a little, a little wacky convoluted. for me. I'm kind of glad that... Th- I really like the show. I think that this is probably it. I'm it's, glad, it's I'm glad it. this is it. But it's heavy lifting, right? It's like... It's a lot of... It's philosophy as a network show. The biggest thing I appreciate about it is that it never stands still. A lot right. of shows would take forever to get from one place to the other. Yeah. They'll change the entire narrative and arc of the show for, like, a beat and then change it again. Like, it's crazy what they're willing to do. They go like, yeah. They go to really close. The other thing I'll pitch is Undone, which was hmm. just on Prime. Yeah. Uh, is it the animated thing? It was yeah. it was kind of one of those like uh-huh. uh, I don't know if you remember like Waking Life where they like yes. shoot it and then animate it's, it over um, it. There's a term for what this is called rotoscoping. Yeah. It's so uh, if yeah. you're into that kind of trippy like kind of philosophical uh-huh. uh, it was a really cool show to yeah. watch. People on Reddit were all over this a couple days ago. It's it was it was good. a really cool show to check out if you're into kind of it, it never would have worked on a network but the fact that they could make it eight episodes Bob, Bob Odenkirk's in it some other Bob some Bob other great performances but it was a really kind of cool uh, trippy show uh, Devin it's always a pleasure to have you on so happy to be here uh, listen congratulations on your community uh, award 2019 thank you very proud uh, of you thank guys. you and thank you to everyone that, that voted we really we owe it to the public yeah. for helping us make it happen and that's that's true of this whole Uptown project. Yeah, that's true of a lot of the stuff people are doing here, man. You just gotta keep doing your thing, and the more people that get on board, yeah, they'll figure it out and they'll find it. You know, yeah. I, I just watched that Cobra Kai show on YouTube, and one of the things they're saying is like, 
You can't always go looking for everybody. You put out a good product. No, and and that's kind of exactly what we're trying to do, right? Like we don't we don't (laughs) uh, uh, advertise hardcore, but we're there every week and we're doing it. And we we feel like if once people start catching on to what we're doing, it's it's going to speak for itself. So I invite people to come to the Uptown, check out what we're doing, take a class, become a part of the action. Uh, More than anything, it's just a bunch of folks hanging out and having a good time. So get in on it. Um, I especially think of this listenership. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank Thank you for having me. Back to the show in just a minute. Why were you, you shaking? No, I was just thinking. I just realized we're on the second half. We're in the second half. I it's didn't not... know. I was like, what's going on? I didn't understand. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm no, ready. we're the Sorry, second. Sorry, way to go. We're at the second half U-T-C-A. now. Because Kevin, uh, Kevin did the first half with me. Okay. Uh, we did all the controversial news. Oh, the, the fun week. stuff. Uh, I mean, did you want to talk? Kevin. Did Thanks, you, Kevin. Did you want to talk about Donald Trump? No, go your The Joker movie. Or Shane Gillis. Actually, I want to see the Joker movie, but that's okay. No, that's okay. We talked about. No. We said that as well too. I okay. also I want to see it. I saw it to say it. It looks amazing. So it does look good, and the reviews yeah. are good from what I've read. I am. I just, it's odd that this is the narrative that this movie has such a negative narrative. Of no one's really seen it yet. Yeah, that's all. All right, that's all. I'm down. All right. Uh, before we get into history lessons, I'll give you a reprieve since you're just getting. Okay. Here. Hello, Heather. It's nice Hi, to see it's you. Nice How to was your you. week? It was great. Did you get any hiking in? I didn't. Kaz is sick all weekend, and now oh, I have a cold. Got... Just some cough. So you're sick now too. Kind of, yeah. Mm. You feeling yeah, flu headache? No, just got a cold. I'm still hacking and coughing. Like it's a weird cough I have. It won't go away. Everyone's got it. It's, it's been around for like ever. <laughs> it just won't leave. Uh, and it is the first day of October. We officially have 30, 30 shopping days left until Halloween. Okay. I have a mask that I bought that we need to discuss later oh. on. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I sent you the you picture sent me of the it. Text. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but have you? Has does Kaz know that Halloween exists yet? He does. Is he ready? He's already been ready for like a month now. Kids love Halloween. He <laughs> want he. I thought he was gonna. I know they do. I thought he was gonna be like, gonna be a Paw Patrol person or a character. He wants mm. to be a. First, it was a cow. <laughs> Just a cow. a cow. And now he wants to be a fox. <laughs> I was like, you're going to be like a Transformer like your friends or Spider... No, I just want to be a fox. So I was just talking to Devin about this during the interview. Do you dress up with Kaz? No. Like if Kaz wants you to dress up as like a farmer since he's going as a cow, would if, you have to do that? If he asked me to. If I'm not dressing up. We're not doing one of the family. If he asked me to, I would. That'd be kind of good though if you and Zach dressed up as farmers. No. And then he could be a cow. It'd be oh, cute. I know. Well, he, he's cute just being a cow. He is very cute. No, it's true. <laughs> I like how you had no, you had no, no part of I'm it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Do you like... I like giving out candy because I don't have kids of my mm-hmm. own. So I just like to give out candy at the house. But that's only fun for like an hour. Yep. And then I just want to like sit down. No one comes on our... And you, I live on French Road. Nobody that's comes true. on there. Nobody. See, we get killed in this neighborhood. Nope, nothing. Murdered. I love uh, it. All right, you ready? Go on your thing. Go on your history. History lessons. You ready? All right. On this day, 1955, uh, American actor and cultural icon James Dean is killed in a car crash at the age of 24. 
Uh, American teenagers in the mid-1950s identified with Dean and the roles he played, especially that of Jim Stark in Rebel Without a Cause. I never saw it. Uh, the film depicts the dilemma of a typical teenager of the time who feels that no one, not even his peers, can understand him. I kind of, I feel like I missed the James Dean thing. We're, we're too young for James yeah, Dean, Yeah, I always obviously. saw pictures and heard of him, but I never ever attempted to watch anything that he had done or... I don't know what the modern, like, teenage equivalent is of, like, an icon. Like, I guess River Phoenix was, like, the closest because he also died kind of young. Yeah. Right, like... I'm trying to think who would be equivalent to... James There's not many now because now Ledger would that be a, no yeah no Ledger's Ledger? actually closer right yeah. because he did a bunch of those like teen, teen movies, movies and did, like, then Shakespeare rebel movies so that's pretty Ledger. good actually no that's pretty that one, that's pretty mind. spot on actually uh, a couple good. things about James Dean I thought were interesting uh, he's considered to be a singular influence on the development of rock and roll music uh, according to a researcher in American cultural uh, and cultural theory at Cambridge Mellon University. He was the first iconic figure of youthful rebellion and a harbinger of young identity politics. He's also considered an icon in the gay community because his because of his perceived experimental take on life, uh, including his ambivalent sexuality. Which I never I knew that. I didn't know about that either. Until right now. Yeah, apparently the Gay Times reader cited him as the greatest gay male icon of all time. Again, mm. did not know this until mm -hmm. earlier on. Uh, it was reported back in the time, he didn't say in the, this is a quote from him, I'm not homosexual, but I'm not going to go through life with one hand tied behind my back, which is an amazing quote, <laughs> which is it's an outrageous quote. Um, he's also the first actor to receive a posthumous Academy Award nomination for Best Actor, which Heath Ledger also did. See? So good call. See, I know you. stuff about movies. I should get an award today. <laughs> I'm participating. Um. Uh, I'm trying to, yeah, it's so it's got to be crazy to like. I'm trying to think of the last time an actor, like a famous actor, died at a young age. I'm probably somebody I'm like totally spacing I feel like out we're on. But yeah, it's definitely somebody I'm forgetting. Like Keith Ledger's the only one I can Keith remember. Keith Ledger, like, I want to say like before that, like she was a singer, but like Selena, like Aaliyah died. Oh yeah, young. Aaliyah that's music. And if you want, yeah, they're singers though. It's always yeah. a shame when like, I feel like it happens a lot with athletes. Yeah, this happened. Like I think of a bunch of athlete stories. Corey Lytle. When Corey Lytle died when uh, the soccer team that died oh, last year. yeah. There's a lot of them over the years. Because they travel in planes a lot. Yeah. That's pretty common. The TLC. Didn't left that. TLC, out. yes. There you go. Uh, well, she also, that's a wild story, too. Okay. Go watch the TLC behind the music if you can find that on the <laughs> internet. That was a good one. When Left Eye burned down Andre Risen's house. Oh, I forgot about it's an that. Amazing well, Andre Risen wasn't treating her right. Well, he was a scrub. So he just burned his house. Well, he was asking for it. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, the Jetsons. This week, we're talking about the Flintstones. On this day, 1960, the Flintstones became the first animated series by Hanna-Barbera to premiere in the United States. The night it premiered, Variety Magazine called it a, quote, pen and ink disaster. And the series was among many that debuted in the, quote, vast wasteland of the 1960s uh, television season, considered one of the worst in television history up to that point. So it came out in a bad time. Yeah, Low well, expectations. And also, like, women led in that. Like, women were always telling their husband. It's she true. was, like, downing Fred. That was bad then. I always <laughs> was told by my mom that the Flintstones was basically the Honeymooners. That's, a, yeah, no, that's a good way which, to. Which is, like, the it's the same show except one's a cartoon <laughs> and one's cavemen. Uh, Despite mixed critical reviews, Flintstone has generally been considered a television classic and has rerun continuously for five decades since then. Uh, as the first animated series to be nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award, uh, 
if you go back to an advertiser who came on very early on, Miles Laboratory, they create they were the original sponsor for the Flintstones TV series. They created a vitamin called the Flintstones Chewable Vitamin oh, in the late 1960s, uh, which again probably more iconic than the television show mm-hmm. to a certain demographic of people like myself. Mm-hmm. I loved Flintstone vitamins. Like candy. Every, I thought it was a thing every morning. I was like, can I have another yeah, one? Yeah, please. They're like, no, you can't. Uh, do you remember that they brought this show back in the 1970s where Pebbles and Bam Bam were teenagers? I thought that was like in the 80s or that was in the 70s? Early 70s. Oh, but they probably were showing it in the 80s still. Yeah, I kind of remember that. They also had a bunch of spinoffs, like singular things, where there was one where Fred and Barney were cops. There was one where all of the Flintstones were kids, like Muppet babies, mm-hmm. but like Flintstones babies. Yep. Uh, and then there was also one where Fred and Barney encountered Marvel superhero the thing so there oh. you go i don't remember that one either no, no. i remember the movies which i did we've talked about in the show before mm-hmm. i did go to the theater to see it did you have like you have strong memories for flintstones Let's talk a little bit about pebbles. jetsons last yeah, pebbles. no i like the flintstones i remember watching a lot when i was a kid this was a cartoon that i kind of remember was on but i don't remember having any really hard i only have like one episode i think i can kind of remember no i don't i just remember, I remember the great gazoo remember the, the, the little green guy oh yeah yeah I also went as Barney for Halloween one year. I could see that. I got talked into a group costume, Fred and Barney <laughs> and Wilma and Betty. They used to call me, they called me Pebbles when I was born at the hospital because I had a curl on my head. On my head <laughs> and they put a little bow in it and they called me Pebbles. That's funny because when I was born, I kicked my mom a lot when I was mm. in the womb. And there was a cartoon from the era called Tiny Toons Adventures. And there was a little version of the Roadrunner named mm-hmm. Little Beeper. And That's... that was my name, Beeper. Mm-hmm. They used to call me Beeper. And then my mom actually gave me a t-shirt when I was a little kid that had a little beeper on it. Um, all right. Let's get into 1991. Uh, Jerry Springer's tabloid television show, The Jerry Springer Show, debuts. Uh, it taped from Chicago from 1991 uh, to, ni- to 2009, and then from 2009 to 2018 in Connecticut. It was on television for 27 seasons. I can't believe that. It's wild. 27 I, seasons. And it got worse. Like, I, I, there was a point I couldn't even watch it anymore. It was so terrible. So, let, let's get into that, actually, because you, you bring up a good point. For a long time, it was on. Like, it debuted in 91. The show actually didn't really pick up until, like, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. That was the big era. That's when it reached its ratings peak. However, it was so popular that it caused a lot of other shows at the time. Jenny Jones, Maury Povich, Montel Williams, Ricky Lake. To sort of change the formats mm-hmm. of their shows. A lot of shows yeah. copied Jerry Springer. Were you allowed to watch this and you got home? My father was young, so I kind of could watch whatever I wanted. What? Did you like? Did you I watch? love Jenny Jones and Jerry Springer. Springer, my dad liked simply for the fights. Yeah. Like he would be like, hey, did you see that fight on Springer? Yeah. Check it out. I'm going to watch it right now. Because you never saw anything like that. Now you can see the stuff on YouTube all the time. But the only place you could watch like obnoxious, weird stuff like that was on Jerry Springer. I remember someone told me once that Jerry Springer got to start being the mayor of Cincinnati, yes, that's which true. I thought was mind-blowing. It's true, though. It is, it is true, but it's <laughs> just like, this is what you do now? I'm trying to think of, like, the... This is what Trump's going to have. This is, well, the closer equivalent would be, like, the Mayor Pete show. Oh, yeah. Right? He yeah. was the mayor of Indi- yeah. Indianapolis. Now he's got a talk show. <laughs> the Mayor Pete show. Uh, in 97-98, in the show reached its ratings, uh, ratings peak, becoming the first talk show to beat the Oprah Winfrey show in years. Uh... It featured almost nonstop fighting, usually between 5 True. to 12 per day. 
uh, and religious figures and even other TV personalities complained. An interesting one was the city of Chicago complained because they said if the fights aren't staged, then the people should be getting arrested for committing assault like mm-hmm. on people in but the city. But they were pretty much... They never really said explicitly that it was staged. They did say that the they were screened. Mm-hmm. Like they tried their hardest to screen people. I also think that it's kind of like if you if you went on the if someone says, "Hey, you want to be on the Jerry Springer show? You got to fight somebody." You'd be like, "Yeah, sure." Right? Like, yeah, I want to do it. Right? Like if I was going on the show cuz I always feel like these people are actors. Yeah. Right? You're probably just playing a part. Okay, your part is going to be low life. Low life Tammy who's Got pregnant by her brother. (laughs) And then you can be the brother who's also sleeping with the stepsister. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. But I think that that's, you just kind of know that if you go on that show, the mentality is, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get in a fight with somebody, right? So I guess it's kind of a self-defeating prophecy. Uh, He is doing a new show now. We've talked about it recently. Judge Jerry, which you can watch on TV. <laughs> How do you become a judge? Like, did he need some credentials for that? Are he just wanted some more money. Or? No, well, you don't need to be. You don't need credentials for a TV judge unless you're like. Well, don't. But they're really doing actual. Only work. Judge Judy. Oh, Justin's here. Hi, Justin. Uh, you want to come in and sit in for some history lessons? We were gonna wait for you, but you took too long. I figured you needed me for something. Oh wow, Kevin gee. Left us. Kevin left us. Yeah. What? He quit the show. He just left. No. He was telling me he was going to. No, so here we are. Just fitting. Yeah. Uh, so Justin, you jumped in right at the time. We're talking about 1991's history lessons. So uh, I was watching the Righteous Gemstones, catching up on yesterday's episode. Oh, you're loving the gemstones. Oh, I love Danny McBride. You know that. Uh, in 1991, on this day, Jerry Springer debuted. We just finished talking. Yeah, about yeah. It. Do you have any thoughts about your time growing up with Jerry Springer? <laughs> yeah, morning time. Morning time during uh, summer vacation. It was like a nine or yes. ten o'clock time frame, which seemed outrageous <laughs> yes. in hindsight. That like, I mean, I guess it was the weekday, so it doesn't have that same restriction. But Jerry Springer was definitely like a 10 a.m. With watch his, on TV his, in the morning. Um, if you were home on like a Tuesday, you yeah, sick day Springer. or something. Yeah. yeah, his viewers weren't working anyway. Most of his viewers probably no. Were not so, well, no, you're right. You're right. I just figured the provocative nature doesn't hit like that 10 a.m. No, time his slot should be like later afternoon. They weren't working. <laughs> Do you want to know something wild about this show? Oh, why? It is, only one thing. <laughs> well, well, this one's gonna blow your mind. Do you know that over the course of its lifetime, the Jerry Springer Show has won four Peabody's and 37 Emmys? 37? Wow. Now, mind you, these are probably daytime Emmys. Do you know what I'm saying? This is well, not the same is, as... Yeah, in a niche category in daytime Emmys. Yeah, like, daytime right. trash TV. Trash. Yeah, and also... I like to see what category. All the episodes are cu- currently curated by the Library of Congress as culturally significant. It really makes me devalue all the other things over the years that I'm like, well, the, the, the Library of Congress said it was important. Didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't he get in trouble originally for like taking checks as a mayor of Cincinnati or something? Well, we were just talking about he was the mayor. I don't know. I, I didn't know hear anything about that. He, he got really like, kicked out. Yeah, that's how he started his TV stuff. He was like kicked out of political office for scandal. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to this next history lesson. On this day, 1992, the Cartoon Network premieres on cable TV, broadcasting animated television series, mostly children's programming, ranging from action to animated. Uh, Interesting fact about Cartoon Network. In the morning, it's called Cartoon Network. At night, the the channel changes, and it is called Adult Swim. You guys know what Adult Swim is? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's still on? Yes. Apparently, Adult Swim and Cartoon Network are actually treated as separate entities for promotional purposes and also for Nielsen's ratings. 
So the stuff that's on Cartoon Network is technically considered a different channel and a different ratings package. They split that, a channel. They split a channel. But are then, owned by the same company, technically. Yeah, they just did me up. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, I mean, when I, I remember when the Cartoon Network came on in 1992, it was sort of that push when TV was going to niche channels. You got a sci-fi channel, right. the history mm-hmm. channel, the yeah. cartoon channel. Right. It had good cartoons. Now it had, like, cartoons. old cartoons, yeah. right? Like, you'd watch... And what they did, actually... They tossed between the thing, like, a Johnny Carson, right? Like, what was the little segment thing they would use? Yeah, they'd have... Well, Space Ghost. Space Ghost. Space yeah, Ghost. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. So, here's what Cartoon Network kind of did. In an era when they were expanding television rights, they had Cartoon Network, and then they said, all right, let's do an old channel called Boomerang to just play all the Hanna-Barbera cartoons yeah. and we'll double down on like the Cartoon Network cartoons. That's yeah. when you get like your Dexter's Laboratory, your Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, yeah. Ed, Ed, Nettie, like that big run. Cartoon Network was also important for a lot of today's young kids because this is where anime in America kind of made its first push. Mm-hmm. I don't like anime, Mm-mm. full stop. Terrible. I do not care about like Dragon Ball Z no. or any of that no. kind of stuff, but it's really popular with kids... Like, young kids today. And a lot of it was getting pushed on this Toonami thing that would be on after school when we get home sometimes. Mm-hmm. All, like, these anime shows. Uh, and again, Adult Swim, that's where you're, like... C-Lab 2021. Yeah, Family Guy comes back, Family basically, because yeah. it's C-Lab popular was... there. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I used to love Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I loved yeah. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I watched a lot of that in college. Uh, I, I mean, Rick and Morty oh. is probably one of the most popular cartoons, television shows on TV right now, and that's Adult Swim product. Remember uh, Moral Oral? Moral Oral. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Devil of the Daughter. A lot of weird... Uh, Metalopolis. That's uh, one that a lot of people Tom liked. Goes to the Mayor. You ever seen that? I not watch enough television. Yeah. This, was late, this was like late night Teenage. specific era. You yeah, had to be... Yeah. I'm also older than you guys. So. Not that much older. Yeah. Are you old enough to remember this? I bet you you do because it's only from two years ago. Okay. On this day, 2017, former star, NFL broadcaster, and actor... O.J. Simpson is released from Nevada Lovelock Prison after 10 years of detention for armed robbery and kidnapping. That's right. When O.J. went to jail, it wasn't for the murder of Ron Goldman and Nicole Simpson, which you may have thought. It was for a 2007 incident where Simpson was arrested in Las Vegas, Nevada, and charged with felonies of robbing and kidnapping. He stole merchant. He stole yep. memorabilia, and he had like a road rage incident like not long <laughs> yeah. before that yeah. too. So like he obviously did not. Wouldn't you think Take any chill pills? I just feel like if you are O.J. Simpson and you've gotten away with murder, literally, go away. Wouldn't you be no, less inclined? No, you're doubling down. You're doubling down because you're like, can you believe this? Like, what can I? I can get literally get away with anything. I if I can do this, I can go rob this guy right now. There's uh, no way they'll catch me. He was convicted and sentenced to 33 years. With a minimum of nine, nine years, years without and he, parole. Yeah, and he, he got all nine, nine years. years. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that's kind of the thing. He's, he had to. Uh, also, he, he joined Twitter. Did you guys remember? Yeah. He joined Twitter. This is from USA Today. He joined Twitter less than a week after this article had posted. I have to look at the date. But within a week, he had gained 750,000 followers. Jeez. What does his bio say? That's what I'm saying. Is like, it like who's... omitting like obvious stuff? It just says. Are <laughs> like, you going right now? It's like real OJ 23. Trophy or something. winner, former NFL player. <laughs> yeah. Loving father. Murder. You know, actor from Lethal Carter. Weapon. Yeah. yeah. Cut, cut lethal out. Weapon. Yeah, nothing cut else. Nothing else. Yeah, nothing else. <laughs> That's what it should say. Just like nothing happened between this period and this period. What is it? How many? How many? Right, yeah. 913,000 followers. My God. Uh, his pin tweet is him playing golf. Oh, my God. This is some terrible radio, by the way. Us looking at OJ's Twitter feed. 
Hall of Fame. Read his bio, though. His bio. What does it say? Hello, Twitter world. It's yours truly. And you didn't. If you didn't see it here, I didn't say it. Great. That's Great. A, that's about right, though. Right? Well, you one know? of the arguments that, for his Twitter thing is though, why isn't he verified? Shouldn't he be verified? We know it's him. It's obviously him. Uh, Notification. Uh, verification. I'm sorry. The um, the Twitter. The blue chip. The blue chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about whether you're a good or bad person. It's validating whether that's actually the real person. The real. Right? Yeah. That is obviously the real OJ. I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't had a verification check. Out. It, it says it's yours truly in yeah. the bio. It does hit and it says truly. he's the real OJ. Um, that termer, OJ Simpson. So uh, we'll do some bits from other blogs to close up for the day, but I just want to ask you guys, uh, today, on this episode of the show, ironically, it is International Podcast Day. Aww. I know this because people on Twitter have been sending me all sorts of messages today. Oh, wow. uh, so I guess... Well, my... what, yesterday was coffee day, and the day before that was beer day. It's been a hell of a week. It's been a hell of a week. Sunday. <laughs> is it really? Sun, your Sunday. Uh, so let me ask you this question, guys. Uh... People have heard my story about the podcast and where I got my sort of thing from. Let me ask you guys, what's the first time podcasts and podcasting sort of came into your sphere of, like, pop culture or culture in your life? Does internet radio just count in general, even no. if it's not necessarily a podcast? Are we talking What are you like, talking about? Like, you're talking about, like, the ESPN idea, radio? Yeah, things like... Because that... Was the first it's time close. where I was listening to yeah. radio on the internet, but radio it wasn't on a podcast, right? Yeah. So like an actual podcast, we're probably talking yeah, like the serial stuff, right? Like that. Did that get a lot of casual people on I doing think these crime things? Well, Heather, what were you gonna say? No, that if it was back when it was on the internet, it would be when I was in college on radio. Mm. But if it was when serial serial mm. came out, yeah, that's I, when I got into podcasts. I was in on Bill Simmons because of. I used to read ESPN page two, mm-hmm. which was like his when he used to actually write. He also did the podcast, so I got onto the po- podcast from that. Yeah, reading something out some of his thing, yeah, right? So I was on content. his podcast, and then Mark Maron was like the first important yeah. podcaster in general. It felt like for a lot him and Rogan, and it took me a longer time to get on a Rogan. Yeah, um, remember the Richard Simmons one? Oh, I forgot about that. that. Yeah, what but, happened to that? But Serial, and I want to just he come back to it real quick. Anything? He wasn't really no. missing. Yeah. He didn't yeah. want to be just, bothered. Yeah, he right? just yeah. didn't want to be bothered. With Serial, that was the first time that even though I'd already been listening to podcasts, right. that I noticed podcasting being discussed in a mainstream conversation. Mm-hmm. Are you listening to this Serial podcast? Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right? It, like, it reminds me a little bit of NPR-ish, because they've been kind of doing things like that too like mm-hmm. exclusive long form stories on mm-hmm. the internet right and like parts it probably wouldn't well, be called to do all the things we- considered been, or like right yeah, they called this american life or yeah. something which they release as podcasts now, now right yeah. uh no that's good all right uh so yeah thanks for supporting your favorite local podcast for 223 episodes let's do some mailbag questions and then close it out wow i know well, kevin did the first segment earlier yeah, today. I came no, in, I didn't mailbag even... wise you got real mailbag questions? No, no, no. You oh, 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 I've been off on the <laughs> yeah, like, Justin, like, wow. We're Justin, getting actual uh, questions. Justin no, we're is not, not familiar <laughs> with the Bits from Other Blogs section. No, no, I was going to say good for uh, you. Bits, <laughs> no, Bits from Other Blogs is where I go around and I get mailbag oh, questions from other places on the internet and answer that's them. That's fine. All right. So here we are. Uh, so here you are, guys. I was washing my hands in the men's room at work the other day, and one of my favorite co-workers walked in, said hello, walked into the stall, shut the door. A few seconds later... I heard a deafening iPhone camera click. What is the most reasonable explanation for the camera click in the bathroom stall? And can I still be friends with this person? Could be a screen grab. That's what I said initially. Screen grab is something that I've... 
If your phone is, my phone's generally on silent all the time, yeah. but that's the other thing that would make that sound besides cell phone, besides phone camera. I will say this. I used to take like candid photos of, in the subway, which is a terrible thing to do, but I did that one time where the click went off. Yeah, and people knew. Guy was pissed. Yeah, I bet he was. Pissed. Pissed at me. Don't no take problem. pictures of people. Yeah, yeah. I would just ask my friend. well deserved. It was yeah. a wrestling t-shirt. I, just, I was like, I liked your shirt. <laughs> he said, you said something. Uh, fair. Yeah. Fair and fair. I, I feel like, um, I feel like you're probably right, though. Screen grab is the other thing that I would think I of. Mean, you read an article, you want to, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'd ask my friend, but did you just take a picture of something? Are we, like, bros <laughs> like that, where you just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that you don't think I would say something? Type of thing. Like, how good of friends they must yeah, be. Yeah, because if you were yeah. one of my friends, yeah. I would be like, did you just take a picture of this? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what's going on right now? Yeah, how good of friends are they? Or if it's, like, I would tell everybody too. I know everybody. So and so took a picture exactly. in the bathroom. I'll tell everyone. So I, I mean, all right. Let's uh, let's close out with this one. This is a good one. My friend Bruce recently told me that he was going to a movie and planned to arrive late in order to miss the previews. In my opinion, watching previews is an integral part of the movie-going experience. If you go to the movies and don't watch the previews, have you even gone to the movies? Is he the weirdo or am I the weirdo? Please settle this dispute for us. I am always on the side of getting to the movie early enough to get good seats. Mm -hmm. I'm more interested in getting a good seat, especially now that you have to, like, pick your seat on a computer screen now and you go to the marquee. I don't what? know if you guys have... What? So if you go to the marquee theater to go buy a ticket, when me and Kevin went to go yeah. see Once Upon a Time Hollywood, you say, I want to watch this movie. They go, okay, and they turn a thing to you that oh, has geez. all the, the, the seats, and you got to pick a seat. And there's, like, seat numbers now. Now, granted, the seats are nicer now and yeah. big and giant and fancy, and that's the whole trade-off. Yeah, make sure they got yeah enough people. They don't still too many but tickets a, or whatever. But that's the other thing too. Like now, I have to order all my seats online. I gotta go in there and like do it first online to make sure that nobody gets my seat. I don't trust they that. Should, I'm like, you know, what if you're late? Then you're walking around trying to find your seat number. They should just put the movie time. straight online. They should. <laughs> I mean, yeah. at uh, this point. <laughs> but I digress. I love watching movie trailers because I like the experience of watching the preview with the people you're there with, and then just going. That movie looks like shit. That movie looks good. I'm gonna go see that. We can I'm just not watch go the trailers. That. Like those are like Twitter drops now. You know, like new trailer oh, for sure. this. So like when you get to the theater, you've probably seen right. four variations. No, of that's that Twitter. true. Seen the actor on. Uh, yeah, but it's also part of the movie. Uh, like, like, or something experience. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then it's also the we also when we sit here in the living room and we watch eight trailers in a row on YouTube, yeah. it's not like we're gonna watch a good thing we were excited to watch right afterwards. Right, we're probably gonna right. watch wrestling afterwards right. well maybe we're, or yeah. more trailers or more trailers right yeah <laughs> uh no i'm very pro movie trailers um i used to watch just old 1950s and 60s monster movie trailers when i was a kid I thought they were cool like from old like tiny monster movies because mm -hmm. it made me laugh it was very the Brack tarantula uh, vhs for me <laughs> with yeah. the video store back in the day it just reminds me so much of putting in a tape and having to sit through previews <laughs> yeah, or fast yes. forwarding to like that's a lost art yeah. Yeah. you would like put in the movie not even just in a theater but on the cassette this at is... your house you yeah, just have to fast that. forward through I'll, I'll end on this story uh i was going to dc this year and in the bus we were in i won't say the company they had a DVD player. They had a DVD player in the bus that connects to the. You know, you've They're been not a sponsor. You've seen, them, you've seen them all the time. Like any, any like touring bus company has a thing where there's like the TVs yeah, staggered yeah. Mm -hmm. throughout yeah. the things so everyone can watch the TV. And you put the DVD. In front. It's the same movie in all the TVs. They're just a bunch of TVs. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You know, so we put on like a Disney movie or something for the kids. 
you have to, when you put on a certain era of DVDs, there are previews on the DVDs that you have to skip individually. So if you watch a Disney movie on DVD, there's you like 30 yeah. minutes of preamble before the movie starts. I'm like on a bus that's shaking. I'm like, go to the next <laughs> thing. Just play for God's sake. I want to watch Aladdin. Uh, all right. That's it. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, thank you to Justin and uh, Heather for coming and helping me out here today. Thanks to Kevin uh, for getting in some content before he had to run off. Thanks to uh, Devin Mahoney from uh, from the Uptown for helping us out. And oh, yeah, Devin on today? Yeah. Well, he won you that award. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go if you got awesome. here earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. I'll you missed him by like 10 minutes. He didn't want to leave. He was oh, happy to hang out. I know. Damn. Uh, sayonara, folks. Uh, keep <laughs> it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, that's it. The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. We will see you next week on the Uticast. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.